Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 159. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is with me here in Phoenix, Arizona. What's happening, Cole Coffee? What's up? Uh, I, can, I, can, I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice already. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a minute. We're also joined by Jose Youngs. Throw that S on the end, my friend. It's more than one young from Fansided and SI.com. What's happening, brother? I'm just glad to be here again, man. So, I'm glad. Welcome to my neck of the woods. I was going to say, this is a home game for you. It's not a ballast point home game for you the way it is for sure, us, sure. but uh, a home game for you. Now, you, you weren't born here, but you've spent quite a bit of time here in the Phoenix area. Yeah, I moved here in 09 from Providence, Rhode Island, go to the Walter Cronkite School at uh, Arizona State University, which is actually maybe a 15-minute walk from here. Yeah. And then I just... <laughs> 15 by your walk. 15 by my <laughs> walk. A little bit slower sure, sure. from uh, so those big guys. I survived my first year in the heat, and I just stayed out here. Um, lived downtown Phoenix pretty much my whole life, so walked to the fighter hotel today. It yeah. was great. Instead of hopping on it in an Uber or taking a plane, I was like sleeping in my own bed, make my own cup of coffee. It's a wild feeling, right? Leave my apartment at 10, get to the fighter hotel at 10:20 on my feet. It was a great time. It mean it's it's a, <laughs> it's a different feel. I mean, obviously living in Vegas, we get it a lot, but you know, when it's been your backyard like Everything feels different, you know what I mean? You actually get to go home at night. I mean, there's some there's some positives too. Like there's I mean, there's some fun being on the road, right? You know, the camaraderie, sure. hanging out with your your fellow journalists and that sort of thing. But it's nice to kind of be able to retreat to your own quarters. And I have to say, it couldn't have come after a more intense fight week. Like you guys are saying, it doesn't feel like UFC 223 fight week ended. Well, like, that's okay. So we're here for of course for UFC on Fox 29, Poirier sure. versus Gaethje. And right out the bat, man, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, right? Because, I mean, literally, this is the best job in the world. I sure. mean, to, to be able to cover mixed martial arts full-time for a living, to be able to, you know, talk to these athletes, to watch these fights, to interview everyone, I mean, cannot complain whatsoever. So I, so I always hate when it sounds like maybe I'm griping even a little bit, but I'm not going to lie. I am tired, man. It feels like it's been the longest fight week ever because all of us were in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. All three of us were in Brooklyn. You actually stayed a little bit later, right? Did you do a little, a little tourist thing or – no, I left. So I left the arena at like four a.m. and then I left like Sunday afternoon. Okay, like so you just just a couple hours. So yeah, we, yeah, we we left the arena, and uh, of course I ended up doing an and a half episode all by myself back at home in Las Vegas because it was just the schedule was crazy. But yeah, I mean by the time you get back home, and, and you're barely getting adjusted, mm-hmm. and then you know you have one day here, one day, and then all of a sudden you're you're right back in here to fight week uh, again. Uh, last thing I want to do is sound like I'm bitching, but I'm not gonna lie, it does feel like. Everything's just kind of run together, and it doesn't help. Like like I said, we left what we left the arena at four four thirty a.m. and then like you guys had to catch a plane at what seven or eight. <laughs> yeah, seven so you basically lose all of Sunday, yep. and then you have Monday and Tuesday, and then you got to be in Phoenix Wednesday. So I landed in Phoenix. I was like, you know what? I don't have to go anywhere. Like the, this is fight week, but I can it. It just feels different. It would be different if I had to fly to Los Angeles from Brooklyn. Yeah, even even just that short little or if it difference. Would, if it was like a tough finale, I'm sure you guys would feel the same. Like it would be a better. It's it's still a great fight week, but it would it would feel a little re- more relaxing. No doubt. All right, so I want to touch on that because saying that it feels like a the, uh, like just a long fight week, I will say. I mean, I do think you know everybody here has kind of shifted forward a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a great fight card, and we'll talk about it. There's a lot of great fights in here, but it does. I mean. Conor McGregor is still very much a point of discussion this week, right? I mean, like he's whether you're talking about fighters, whether you're talking about us as media, whether you're talking about staff. I mean, everybody is still talking about Conor McGregor. But I, but I, I will say this: uh, I feel like the attitude towards Conor has shifted a lot oh, over sure. the past couple of days. Like, I mean, there's still some fans that are out there like 
guy stopped, you know, quit beating a dead horse. He's going to, you know, he's fine. You know, I mean, there's going to be people that, sure. that basically defend him. And I, and, I, and I get that. But do you guys get that sense, like in these couple of days that we've been here in Phoenix, that the attitude towards Connor, like people are very, I don't want to say anti Connor. I mean, everybody recognizes he's a superstar. Everybody recognizes sure. he's a great fighter. But I feel like everybody's just kind of like, ugh. And I think Paul Felder put it best. And even this is before Phoenix, like when he was backstage, he was like, before I got to Brooklyn, I just happened to watch Connor's documentary on Netflix. And he's like, you know what? Connor's not such a bad guy. And then after the debacle of UFC 223, he goes, man, that guy is just changed or something is in the water. Or like, he's just not the same anymore. And like exactly what you said, like, for a while, fighters either thought he was annoying or you're like, you know, Connor's just promoting. That's just his thing. He's making money. Like, good on him. But, like, we haven't heard anything positive about it. It's more people disgusted at him than anything else. I agree. Coffee. I mean, I know that you sometimes you get to speak with people behind the scenes being the former UFC employee that you are. Some, mm-hmm. of, your, some of your old friends still running mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, publicly nobody's going to denounce Conor McGregor that works for the UFC. Although right. – there have been a couple of people that have been more outspoken than we thought, but I mean, are you kind of getting that as well? That people are are, are pretty damn sour right now. Yeah, they are, and I, I think a big thing that surprised me too is that, uh, you know, uh, is that a lot of internal people, the 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 crazy debacle that happened, mm-hmm. forced a lot of them to look at things that they had did that they had been doing this whole time. Whether you know you had mentioned before whether they've been coddling Connor or doing all this other things, so a lot of when that craziness happened, uh, this culture kind of came back of, well, whose fault was it? Well, it shouldn't it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything, you know. And what I did notice, and I won't name any names or anything, but there was a lot of finger pointing internally because a lot of people were just like, well, this person messed up or this person did this. I'm, it wasn't me, you know. But the fact that even that they even had these discussions, you know, it sucks that, um, you know, this act outside of it i think yeah i mean i think that one it was so emotionally draining for them and then to get back you know and i think part of the culture now from the ufc even while i was there and afterwards there's a lot of a there's a lot of fear you you, they rule by fear you know and i think when a big huge mistake like this happens a lot of people are looking to just save save face and save their job afraid to lose your job afraid to mess up and lose your job a lot of them are doing this finger point on where they think things went wrong and what they would have did better you know and it just kind of irks them it's like you know this is a time when it was rough for everybody a lot of mistakes happened but you know you, you guys gotta you gotta rally together and get the ship back together you can't be pointing fingers and pointing names and the fact that that's still going on leads me to think that there's still probably internal discussions of areas of where they could fix how can we make sure that this doesn't happen again and you know what can they do but yeah i mean it was draining to attend and i could tell that it drained the employees i oh, mean yeah. this was um you know the the people that work for the uc work a lot of crazy crazy hours i mean they're they're work to the bone so then you start throwing in crazy out of the out of the woodworks emotional things like this where they feel they have no real control over the situation and it just makes a tough job even tougher and uh you know, it sucks. It sucks to see them going through it. You know, we can kind of say, well, that was crazy. Website traffic was great. And then we get to go home and do whatever. Because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really impact us. us, right? Yeah, like the, it's still really impacting the people on the inside. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. But um, I feel like the thing is, I don't want to say that, like, I feel like it was in- inevitable because I don't know how you could say it's inevitable that somebody would storm a building and throw barricades at a bus. Right. But I do feel like, you know, all the, the – 
and I know prom- it's not like fight game promotion is new. I mean, it's it's been done similarly since the end of time. I mean, this guy doesn't like that guy, and it's a grudge match, and mm-hmm. and I get it. That's part of how you sell fights or whatever. But I do feel like over time, like. You know, when you push like, like for instance, Colby Covington is, is the guy right now. That's he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a character, right? I mean, he's like that. You talk to Colby Covington behind the scenes, like that is not who he is. That's not the guy that he is. But he gets it. Like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna poke you. I'm gonna poke you. I'm gonna poke you. And I mean, listen, I'm just as guilty as anybody, right? I'll write the headlines. I'll I'll post the tweets, or whatever. But because you, you want this kind of build up, right? But I mean, you get some alpha males or alpha females behind the scenes, and they're all talking shit and pushing each other, like. I mean, there are going to be conflicts, like, not not like this again, but I don't know, like, I feel like sometimes it's kind of dangerous, like, if we allow that, like, if we pretend this is fake, and we, like, if we promote it like it's wrestling, and we're like, hey, the Iron Sheik, and Hulk Hogan, and look at the clash, and the wars, and da-da-da-da-da, and then they go drinking the bar together, because the script is written, no, it's like, we're, we're, we're pitting these people against each other, and cultures, and alliances, and all that, and then Oh yeah, don't forget. These are real actual fighters who get in a cage and yeah. I don't know, I'm not trying to put it on anybody. I mean, like, yeah. I, I, maybe even like uh, us as media. I mean, of course we all enjoy a good hype, right? Cuz it right. hypes mean, you know, hype I mean, a few means clicks. But I mean, maybe this is inevitable when you when you when you you know, when you quit talking about martial arts as techniques and as skills and as and it's just like, you know, discipline and, hate, yeah, and inner peace and it's all just war other war yeah. against that guy it's yeah, yeah. you know it's it's american against brazilian it's white guy against black guy it's this, it's whatever you know what i mean like when you when you just paint it that way and only that way maybe it's inevitable that dumb shit like this happens yeah. like like and what we haven't even touched upon is like a lot what i got a lot of on twitter is it's basically like ireland versus russia right and like what you know about like european sports fans they're nuts like you see all the the soccer games like people have died at soccer games and like i don't know what went through connor's mind but like maybe that's not that's the norm in ireland like someone like throws shade at you like you go and break brick you don't just like tweet at them like you don't say oh that's just him like he was there ready to fight habib was there ready to fight and all the doggy standards there were ready to fight because i don't know what was going through their minds, but like Carolina said backstage, like, were you afraid? She's like, no, I'm from Poland. Yeah. Like, this happens. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if that's the norm there. It's it's basically Ireland versus, not just Ireland versus Russia, but like Connor and his squad versus Habib and his squad. So, it's like tempers were high. Like, Habib was cutting weight. Yeah. So, so it's he's like, already he's angry. already agitated. He's shadow boxing when he gets off the bus. And you think about Connor McGregor <laughs> had. Tell me, time. Conor McGregor had just Please. flown in from Ireland, so you think about like dealing with the lines and security. Yeah. He probably had like a middle seat, you know, He's like shadow just a long way the whole way over. You know, just the the the, the angers of, of you know the 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 air travel that we all have to deal with. Right, he, he right, probably, right. Uh, he was probably especially because like I know what it's like to be an A-list celebrity going through <laughs> going yeah. through customs. He probably didn't even get main cabin extra. You know what I mean? Hey, he was sitting in a middle seat by the bathroom, right, right. and he had to eat the you know. So he's angry. Pretzels. <laughs> Uh, I will say this. So, uh, you know, it's kind of kind of speaking to what you said. So, Sean Alshadi from MMA Fighting, of course, he's an Arizona guy as well. So, he's mm-hmm. here covering things. And he was kind of asking everybody today at the media day, hey, what do you think about the Connor situation? He wasn't in Brooklyn, so I think he still wanted to talk about it. I think all of us were like <laughs> – That's a good point. <laughs> over it. That's <laughs> like, a good I point. I don't want to talk about it. So, he was asking everybody. I did think Courtney Casey, uh, she had a little clip where she said uh, – and we put it up on, on Twitter. But she basically said, look, if you build a monster, you get a monster. And I think Cole Coffey, that kind of points to what – to what you said, I mean, Connor's been allowed to do whatever he wanted. The company has, and and, and mm-hmm. right, I mean, he's made the company millions. That's why he's had the opportunity to do it. But they right. think they've allowed him to become us. But the person that nailed it, Michelle Watterson, absolutely, absolutely crushed. And I, and I hope everybody has heard that. But it, just in case, because it's not that long, 
I wanted to play it right now so that, so that everybody can hear this clip from Michelle Watterson. I was extremely bummed for Ray. I thought that um, he was fired up to fight. You know, um, that fight had already got pushed back, and uh, he just had his baby. His baby was, you know, in the ICU, and I know I'm sure he wanted to. He wanted nothing more than to bring home a W and a bonus for his family, his brand new family, and, and for all of that to happen to me um, it is really disheartening. I feel like. Connor has had the opportunity to build himself, to build his brand, to build his fight career, and has been really successful at it. And for him to do the things that he did um, was was very selfish, in my opinion. I think that we are in the sport that if you have a personal beef, you can deal with it and get paid for it instead of trying to go behind um, behind the scenes and 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 wreak havoc amongst people that have nothing to do with your drama um, and affect not only the fighters, the coaches, um, the fighters' families, um, the employees of the UFC, the employees of the arena, uh, and, and the list goes on and on, right? We just got into New York and I'm sure the commission is shaking their heads right now thinking why did we let these fighters come in and, uh, and um, what, what concerns me is that if, if nothing happens to him so that he does change his ways that a lot of the fighters will assume that that's what they have to do in order to gain popularity, in order to gain fame, in order to gain financial stability. And I'm sure a lot of the fighters um, will have no problem, you know, reverting to those ways. But the, the thing is, we're trying to make this uh, a professional sport and, and we're trying to allow people to see us as humans and as martial artists because it is mixed martial arts and a lot of us have that martial art background and, and we have the respect and the honor and the and we should have the humility and and control, right? That's what martial arts is all about, controlled chaos. And and I've always looked up to Connor and his ability to control his emotions inside the cage, which is which is what makes me sad about the whole situation because um, I would think that Connor would have um, the emotional control to to figure out a way to to use a situation to his benefit in a different way. So man, did she nail it or what? I mean, I thought the big the big two things. I mean, first of all. Kudos on her because I can see a lot of fighters not wanting to say anything. It's a hot-button topic, right? Mm -hmm. They know anything they say is going to get put in headlines and it's going to be part of the story. But I thought two things that she really nailed was, one, just just you know stating how far-reaching it is, you know, with, with people not realizing how many people are really impacted by those actions. You know, not only just – of course, it was supposed to be just a beef between Connor's team and Habib's team, and we already knew it impacted all those people on the bus, but it's way more mm -hmm. far-reaching than that. And then the other thing, too, the danger, and this is kind of what, kind of, I guess what I was saying earlier, like the natural evolution of things. I mean, he's made so much money and done such a great job for himself being this kind of a character. Will other people kind of copycat and say, that's the way I got to act if I want to be a millionaire? I mean, you see it with like Chael Sonnen went from fighting on undercards. Like he, when he fought, what, Yushin Okami, right. it was like on the prelims, Yushin Okami was like the number two or three ranked middleweight. And 
like Chael's like made it known that like that fight kind of lit a fire under his ass and he started his whole Chael gimmick and you saw where that took him now he's headlining Bellator fights against in a heavyweight tournament against Rampage fighting Anderson Crazy. Silva twice and you kind of see that with Colby Covington where he's kind of taken the Brazil is a terrible place like it's I'm like I'm the king of Brazil. Like he's taking Connor's gimmick from Jose, and you see now Colby Covington is now fighting for an interim welterweight title against Ricardo Lamas, and it was supposed to be in Brazil. And the only reason it's not there is because of the whole Connor thing, pretty much. And they moved it to Chicago. I mean, he talked. I don't want to say he talked his way into an interim title fight because because he's, he's had some great fights. He's sure he's had some great results. He's had some great but wins. But the talk hurt. The talk exactly. Hurt. The talk didn't hurt. He his. his when he beat Damian Maya, it wasn't a barn burner. It was like a three-round like decision win. Right. He's not knocking people out like Santiago. He's right. not um, like Darren Till, like lighting up uh, Cowboy. Like he's winning, and I don't remember. Kamaru has been tearing through people at thirty percent, bro. Sure, you know exactly. What I, mean? <laughs> I mean, I don't remember any of the fight between Damian Maya and Colby Covington. I remember none of it, but I remember Colby Covington's post-fight interview. Yeah, and that's just a page out of Chael's book and I yeah. agree with Michelle like I like you saw like there's like a line right exactly. I mean we want, we want some fun mm-hmm. right I mean it is I mean some beef or some talk I mean I don't know chicken, I, I feel like a beef. hypocrite by saying that you know because like we want some of it but it does seem like if it escalates this is where it goes and it's yeah. I think that's dangerous I think yeah. people have to realize it's dangerous and it's only going to do like what two, mil- two million pay-per-view oh when, when Connor and Habib yeah. finally fight so oh, it's yeah. like it's that's going to be the biggest UFC pay-per-view that's just like gasoline onto the fire I was going to give you a chance to correct because I think you said Ricardo Lamas when you – Oh, RDA. Yeah. RDA. And I, I was like, I think I heard, and I was like – Yeah, yeah. Ricardo Rafael. Lamas, of course, I, booked today, exact, right? That, that, on the yeah. same card, so which is what card. was in my head. Right. Chicago guy. I was a little confused. I was like, is this some breaking-ass news right <laughs> now? <laughs> I knew we were going, but you're right. For, yeah. for the record, we probably should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want – I don't want somebody to be like, that guy. I know he said he's what. fighting whatever. Well, so. Bottom line, Michelle Watterson nailed it. You know what else who nails at cold coffee? Who? Health IQ. Yeah, they do. The MMA Roadshow is sponsored by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, and vegetarians, Us. none of whom I know, get lower rates in their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com road to support the show and get your free quote on life insurance. It's all about better science, guys. Health IQ spent years gathering the science and data to prove the health conscious, like us, deserve lower rates. Over 1 billion people took their Health IQ quiz and formed the basis for the scientific analysis of the relationship between health and health knowledge. They took all the years of data and science on the health conscious to the top carriers and partnered with them to get the lowest rates on life insurance for the health conscious. Health IQ can hook you up with lower data by taking a few lifestyle quizzes and submitting actual data like race results, run keeper data. How many beers? I you was assuming, yeah, like an empty beer. can of, yeah, just a trash bag full of the beer cans yeah, that you how drank you can the like night before. Squat with them or something. Oh, that's true, yeah. You reach out and they take you on a journey, learning about your lifestyle and your choices. It's like getting good driver rates. I mean, if you're not having accidents, you need better insurance for your car, right? If you're health conscious, not me. I have, I'm just going to be honest. I haven't, I haven't. We're working on it. We're, we're working on it. We'll get there. We're They'll help with underwriting so everyone understands with your specific stats and information that you deserve better life insurance rates. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash road or mention the promo code road when you talk to a Health IQ agent. That's what's up. All right, listen, while uh, Jose is here, I did want to ask you since, well, and I guess cold coffee as well. 
I want to make brief mention of Ronda Rousey uh, because yeah. it happened after uh, last week. It was Sunday night. I didn't watch. You didn't watch? Okay, I didn't watch it either. I, I know it. you're. I know you're kind of. I'm trying the to get into, it, but train. I had to pay for it, and I was like, no ah. okay. But so that's what. That, so that's what I just want to ask. I mean, I'm not a big wrestling fan, but it sounds like rave reviews. Like she nailed it. She, yeah. And I want to say, finger on the pulse of the wrestling world. That's me right there. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boom, boom. So that's boom, the wrestling boom. world right there? You right carry, there. You carry all the wrestling my, world on my, right around? On my wrist. Um, yeah, Ronda's match, I would say, was by far the, the – it was a turning point in the card because the everything up to that was, was fantastic. Like, rave reviews. The crowd was red hot. Like or The and Brock it, fight was real good. The Brock fight wasn't that the same event. I'll get there. That's a whole other story. <laughs> uh oh. Let me. Uh oh. So how much? How much beer? Do we I don't have? know. I was like, how long are we going to devote right. to this? <laughs> so Ronda's match was spectacular. Was arguably the best match for a a best, the greatest celebrity match in WrestleMania history in terms of wrestling quality. Like she carried herself. She was a superstar. But is it fair to judge her by those standards? Because she's not just a celebrity, right? Like I mean, she's full time wrestler now. That's what she is a full time wrestler now. But like Lawrence Taylor re has wrestled. Like Snooki's wrestled at WrestleMania. Floyd Mayweather wrestled. Floyd Mayweather has wrestled. Has yeah, she? she had. She teamed up with uh, John Morrison and Tristratus against Dolph Ziggler and a, some other. This guy people. over here just Dude. rattling wow. off the wrestling. Finger see on that? the pulse see right that? there. I, I would that. say her and D'Angelo Williams had a match in TNA wrestling that was great uh, at the time running back for the Steelers. I was going to say D'Angelo yeah. Williams running back? He, he trained for three days, and I was like, well, you should be a wrestler because you're better than 90% of the world, and you did three days of training. That's a different story. Wow. Ronda looked great, but from it was so good, and the crowd was so red hot. And they got it. It ended exactly how they wanted. They wanted Ronda to put the arm bar on Stephanie and Triple H. Like she put it on both of them, and the crowd was <laughs> going. They That's showed hilarious. Dana White on the WWE pay per view, crazy. just going nuts. Like people were red hot for that match, and then the rest of the card was just dead. Yeah, like they sucked so much energy, and they were just exhausted after. That was the longest match on the whole card. Um, it was by far the best scripted in terms of like a wrestling storyline. Like you guys don't watch wrestling, no. you knew exactly what was happening. Ronda. These are the bad guys. These are the okay. good guys. Ronda wants to beat her up. Like a lot of the other stuff. Like oh, this is just a bunch of guys running around. Like you knew exactly what you were watching. Right. Perfectly scripted. Best match of the card, and they sucked the energy right out. To the how long was it? Like five hours, six hours show. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, uh like but, 20, 25 minutes. Their their Damn. match was yeah. That is a long Damn. time. Yeah, it was the longest match. Do they the have card. like dialogue going into it, or they just go straight into they went entrances straight they just in. right in? Ronda walked out to uh, her UFC walkout. Some bad reputation. Crowd went nuts. She was wearing the leather jacket. She had the mean face on, and there was a point where like her and Triple H had like a stare down, and he. Triple H is like, come on, like right, you want to fight, silly. you want to fight me. So then Triple H is like, okay, and then he gets in the fire stance, and Ronda just unloads like a forty punch combination on him, and he, Triple H is like going nuts. <laughs> Dana White's like, yeah, <laughs> in the sideline. The place was nuts, and then Brock, it was it. The crowd was so drained of energy that it was dead for the Brock fight. It was yeah. probably so that fight was before the Brock fight. Yeah, Brock Lesnar okay. was the main event of the card, oh, and okay. it was. From my opinion, the one of the worst main events I've ever seen in WrestleMania. Really, I heard people thought it was a good, terrible. Really, Brock basically they don't have their finger on the pulse. No, I, I guess not. I guess not. Brock ragdolled Roman Reigns, uh, busted him open. Like when I say there's in wrestling, there's like you you can blade, like it's like the fake cut where right. you have like a ra that's not allowed. And then there's the hard cut where like Brock will literally elbow you to the point where it doesn't like cave your skull in, but he slices your forehead with his elbow. 
It's because Brock knows how to do that and make it look convincing. He did that in the match. So he caused blood in a WWE ring, but the crowd was so dead that they were more interested in the beach balls. And they were like, they were like going beach balls, beach balls during a Brock Lesnar match. Wow. And to the point where I hear Brock Lesnar was like, he's pissed. so pissed off. He might want to go to the UFC. And so Brock won, uh, that was shocking, I should say. Everyone assumed he was going to lose and go to the UFC. But uh, in terms of Ronda, best match of the card. And did I, you say? Did you say? Okay, the summer. Wait, was Royal it Rumble, WrestleMania? Is Royal here, Rumble. Royal Rumble is, is that gonna, what, Okay, so so that would because you said you think Ronda's going to headline WrestleMania next year. WrestleMania I think. next year, but that's not here. That's not here. That okay. is at uh, MetLife in New York okay. next year. Oh wow! Yeah. That's, so the, that's the stadium, right? That's, they've done it there before. I think uh, The Rock wrestled John Cena in one of his two Jeez. matches there. So uh, I assume Ronda could headline. After I didn't believe it. After watching her get the biggest reaction of the whole night, and this is the most, like, in terms of quality wrestlers, this is the most stacked roster the WWE's ever had. Ronda was the biggest star. That's that crazy. Night. Good it's for her, man. It's insane. Good, for, Good her. for her. It's crazy, man. Like, that whole, that whole crew, the whole... Four horsewoman crew right there. They're, they're shifting over to I pro mean, wrestling. Shane is the NXT champion now. That's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. So she would like rest, like fought. She fought like Cyborg. Fought on tough. Was like fought Amanda Nunes, and now she's the NXT champion. Bizarre. All right. Well, USC on Fox Twenty Nine. We're here in Phoenix this week for that. Uh, now this, we're in Phoenix right now. We're in, we're in downtown Phoenix. The host hotels right around the corner. The fighters are staying here, uh, but the fight is not in Phoenix. The fight is in mm-hmm. Glendale, which is. Probably, what, a half hour from here or yeah. so? About a half about hour outside minutes. of town. Um, the last time, I think we kind of figured it out, right? The last time there was a, a UFC slash WC event, it was, it was WC 53. Yep, that was the, the last, last time. One. The final WC event, which, by the way, if you've never seen the final WC event, pull it up on Fight Pass. It's one of the most memorable. I mean, yeah. it's an amazing card from start to finish. Now, obviously, there's so many recognizable names on there. And, of course, it ends with the Showtime kick, yep. which was just – you know the final the final minute of the final round of the final fight in in WC history is when that you know the Showtime kick happened. I mean, just an amazing card. But um, help help people that don't know Phoenix understand the difference because you guys have two arenas. Yeah. The last couple times we've been to Phoenix yeah. for a UFC event, it's been at Talking Stick Arena, I believe is Correct. what it's called. Uh, it was is, it was US Airways the first right? time, which is downtown. Yep. Yes. And then this one is is way outside of town. It's out by the football stadium yeah. where the Cardinals play. Um, and because it, 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 it sounds like ticket sales are doing good. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like everything's fine. But but why the hell are there two arenas and why the hell are we out there? Do you do, do you know? Um, I don't know why that arena is all the way out there. The one out there is Gila River Casino. It's right next to. It's where the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, formerly the Phoenix Coyotes play right next to the University of Phoenix Stadium where the Cardinals play. Um, the last two times, the first time they was he- were here was USC on Fox 13 in December 2014 was JDS Stipe 1. Right. And the co-main, I believe, was Overeen, Mitrione, and then RDA fought Nate Diaz on that card. Like, that was the first Joanna Claudiuk fight. Like, oh, yeah. That fight card was stacked. That was a Fox card. I watched that one on TV because there was a tough finale the next night Cor- in Vegas, That was right? when uh, Carla beat Rose. Yep, that's right. Um, I watched that one on so TV. So that was, at the time, the U.S. Airways Center, and that sold out immediately because right. Arizona is a very big fight, like boxing, MMA, kickboxing. Like, they are fighting. Like, they love fighting. They guys had Rage in the Cage forever. They we did, have, like, almost 200 shows. They have, we have Iron Boy uh, MMA now. I mean, like, Bader, Kane, CB, Aaron Simpson, Patrick Williams. Like, they all went to ASU, uh, which is only, like, another 30 minutes yeah. the other way. So, uh, MMA in Arizona, like, is a big deal. Um, I 
for whatever reason, they stuck it out in Gila River. I'm not quite so sure. So the basketball team plays down the, here. The Phoenix Suns play downtown. And the hockey team plays Correct. out there. That's so crazy. And I believe the same arena. before I moved here, I believe the Coyotes used to play downtown. Right. And they would consistently have, like, in terms of percentage, like, high volume of uh, sellouts because it was the smallest arena in the NHL. Because that's not an NHL arena. That's an NBA arena. Right. So when they put the, the ice down, they had to take out all the seats on the bottom. Right. So it looked sold out, but there weren't that many seats. So I hear at the time when the WC was here, I believe it was jobbing.com. That's right. I remember that. Um, now it's Gila River. And there's a whole thing where will the Coyotes stay? Will, like, won't they stay? Like For a while, they thought the Coyotes were going to move to Winnipeg. And then the Winnipeg Jets ended up becoming a thing anyway. So the Coyotes are still here. Uh, I keep hearing rumblings they want to move back to Phoenix because the city of Glendale is unhappy with them. They don't like being out in Glendale. Because it's got a train system, but it doesn't exactly. go out there. Exactly. Our train system doesn't go to a professional, two professional sports arenas. It's crazy. And the, you were in the arena. It's not a bad arena. No. It's very. It's a serviceable arena. Like, there's a lot of concerts there. Like, you two played at the football stadium, and then, like, their after party was, like, at the hockey rink. What? So it's like. That's crazy. The Super Bowl is out there, so but no one goes there for hockey. Like an it's, Arizona it's a out there, and the an, traffic's bad. An NHL team in in Arizona should play at a small arena, right. and it makes sense for them to be downtown. But that's a whole other story. Well, it does sound like tickets are good, despite the despite the traffic, despite the drive. It does sound like from what we're hearing, it's pretty close to a sellout already. It probably yeah. will be a sellout come fight night. Uh, it's a West Coast Fox show, so we're getting that early <laughs> start it. time, that early end time. Got that good, good. That's always fun. The main event. Looks like an absolute can't miss. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. I mean, from the time this fight was announced, I think everybody was pumped up. Like, it's going to be amazing. Uh, Justin Gaethje, I think by now everybody knows who Justin Gaethje is. But, I mean, give me your idea of kind of him coming up and and who he is as a guy because he's an Arizona guy. Um, what from way down south Arizona? Is that where it's yeah, from? Yeah, it's like uh, Small Safford, town. Arizona. Yeah, yes. it's like a it's a blue collar town, like, it's like pop- a mining town or something. Yeah, like that? it's some it's something like that. It's uh, like population like seven thousand, eight thousand, wow. something like that. It's very tiny and like Justin, he fought Rage in the Cage. I believe he fought maybe King of the Cage a few times in Denver or like not maybe like Boulder or something like that. And when he like first few fought a few times in Rage in the Cage, I think right before he joined World Series of Fighting. Um, and he he's he wasn't the biggest deal in Arizona. Like everyone knew, like oh Justin Gage, he's just this crazy fool that runs runs in there and is just like a, a a wood chipper of a man when he when he goes into the into the so, cage. So it's always been a style, even on the regional yeah, stage. Sure. That was who he is for sure. And then when he became, when he joined w, uh, World Series of Fighting and he just kept knocking fools out, they. He brought basically was the reason World Series of Fighting came to Arizona at the yeah. celeb- this another arena, Celebrity Theater, uh, downtown, and he fought his back-to-back fights with Luis Palomino, which were just two of the most insane fights I've ever seen oh, live. And great, I mean, both fight of the year candidates, right? Like just concussion city, both ends, and Justin won both in similar fashion. Did his backflip off the cage, and World Series of Fighting did that. Like if you sell tickets, you get like a, like a percentage or whatever, like most regional circuits do, and like. 90% of the arena, I bet, was from Safford, Arizona. So, like, the whole card, everyone was, like, into it because they just love MMA. But when Justin Gaethje walked out, like, it was pretty much like Prince walking into a Minnesota arena. It's a big like, deal. So, like, let me ask you this. I mean, so you've seen him come up. I, You know, I, I didn't know about him until he came to World Series of Fighting. Sure. And then I started following his career there. Just, you know, I was telling everybody, this guy is can't miss, dude. you got to watch mm-hmm. him because that style was there. But I think even we knew, right, like, this style is amazing and we love him for it. But you can't keep fighting this way, right? So he comes to the UFC. 
the fight with Michael Johnson. Oh my God! I mean, fight my of the favorite year. fight of the year. Oh my God! What an incredible fight! I remember. I mean, that was one of like the few fights I've ever been caged. So I were like, I really just wanted to stand up and like. I mean, you're sure. like these two dudes really left their heart and soul in there. Like, you cannot ask more of two fighters. Amazing. He gets the win, right? Then he goes out there against Eddie Alvarez, and it's another war. Only this time he comes up on the on the losing end of it. So. Yeah, this is what I wonder. I mean, we, we knew you can't fight that way forever for two reasons, right? Either A, you just get to a point where you're literally fighting the best in the world, and that doesn't work against the best in the world, or it shouldn't. Um, or at the very least, it's a coin flip. I mean, sure. uh, and, and number two, just longevity, right? I mean, the, the chin can only take so many shots. So, you know, after the fight against Eddie Alvarez, and here he is with a pretty quick turnaround. He, he says he got all tested and cleared and all that stuff, but I mean, it's a pretty quick turnaround. Like, do you have concerns that – He's reached that point, and the Justin Gaethje that 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 we know and love um, can't keep doing that. I mean, I was afraid of that was going to happen when he was in World Series of Fighting. I mean, the second Luis Palomino fight, he gets rocked like twice in the first round, and I was like, Justin Gaethje could arguably be the best lightweight in the world, and I'm very nervous his chin's going to be gone before he gets to the UFC. Yes. I that my like I was concerned for his health. Yes, like no one wants to see someone get punched, drunk, slurring their words, like Grant, like glass chin. But the fight fan in me is like, I just want prime Justin Gaethje fighting like Anthony Pettis. I don't want his chin to be gone. And then you saw against Michael Johnson, that was pretty much the Luis Palomino fight again. Like yes, gets it rocked was. twice, knocked down his feet, second round TKO. And then the Eddie Alvarez fight, my immediate reaction was like, did it catch up to him? Did it finally catch up to him? Not like I was hoping for it, but I was yeah, I of was course nervous. Not, but you're worried. I know. And that's, I mean, that to me is the question marks around. It's like Justin Gaethje's leg kicks, they're nasty, oh, right? Some of the most underrated in the game. Oh, my. They're brutal. And then, and then Poirier, I mean, look, we've seen Poirier get rocked. We've seen Poirier get wobbled. We've seen him, you know, will he have trouble? Um, I that's what scares me. But, I mean, it makes the fight intriguing because, I mean, these two, these guys are battle. You know, I've heard a lot of people that kind of throw out there that they feel like Poirier is kind of a, a more refined version of Gaethje, and I can kind of see that to a degree. You know, somebody that's used to be kind of wild and maybe has tried to tone it down a little bit. Um, but, you know, it, there's something to be said, too, for just unrelenting aggression, right? Like, sometimes you try, to, you try to tone it down a little too much. You try to be a little too technical. Um, you know, the one, the one that always sticks out to me is Jake Ellenberger. Like, that's a guy that I thought was oh, just, like, yeah. raw, vicious aggression, like – power and then like as he started to like try to box more and like you want to develop and you're like no just go back to being crazy you know clay guida would go through phases like that too like the gray maynard fight where he was on his back foot the whole time and then i believe that was the atlantic city now they're going back yep next like fighters like diego sanchez like thought he like he went kind of through like a phase or two and but like that clay guida fight he just ran at him like that's a justin gaethje fight right there that's amazing all right well let's uh we had a few minutes to sit down before the media day just a one-on-one cold coffee was manning two cameras we should say if you want to go see the video version of it, you should go to uh our website or the youtube and you can see the beautiful 4k images that oh, cold yeah. coffee created but if oh, you just yeah. want to hear the audio of my conversation with justin gaethje well here you go justin good to see you man it's yes, uh sir. You know, you always had a great attitude about your career and your record, right? You always said, listen, I know I'm going to lose someday. It's yeah. going to happen. But then when it happened, how tough was it to deal with? Um, not that tough. Um, you know, like I said, it was um, – I hadn't prepared for it, but wrestling my whole life, I was prepared for, you know, for those circumstances. And that's why I was um, – I knew it, it was going to happen and it could happen. And I would recommend to uh, young fighters to lose early because <laughs> – which you can't do, but uh, it becomes a distraction. Um, you know, um, it was uh, a lot of my focus was, and a lot of your guys' you know, the media's focus was me being undefeated. And at the end of the day, that's just not a realistic goal in this sport. 
I was going to say, so we would always ask you, and, of course, and, and not just you, but I mean any undefeated oh. fighter we ask, and of course the right answer is, no, I don't think about it, it doesn't yeah. bother me, you know, I don't, but, but it did. You, you thought about protecting that record? No, I didn't think about protecting the record. It was just the distraction of being undefeated, getting questions about, uh, you know, mostly being undefeated and what that was like. And, uh, yeah, just, just a, a small distraction. Um, I fought my first two fights in the UFC were two top five opponents. Um, Khabib's fought a total of two top ten opponents his whole career in the UFC. So, I mean, that is what it is. I mean, that facts speak for themselves. I'm getting the toughest fights. I'm fighting the best guys in the world. And, um... Yeah, not to take anything away from Khabib, but you know my two fights in the UFC were harder than anybody else's two fights. Maybe uh, other than Eddie Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez had a tough, tough draw, but uh, you know Eddie Alvarez was, was one of my first ones. So, yeah, me, uh, you know, I came in here asking. I, I, I uh, remember a, a quote specifically said, "I'm up here on a pedestal." ready to fall flat on my face and I want the guy that can embarrass me the most and that's what I got so uh, you know you get what you asked for amazing it was a great fight I mean the Eddie Alvarez yeah. fight was incredible it was a Justin Gaethje fight you know yeah. what I mean it was fun so I mean do you take pride in that I know you want to win every time if you can but do you yeah. go man that was I put on a great performance yeah I was I'm all, yeah I was absolutely happy especially um, you know I fight for bonuses um my first well, 16 fights I would have got an extra 50,000 if it was on the line every single time um, that's what I fight for um, but um, yeah, so nothing different. Um, just gotta go in there. I got too comfortable um, for like the, for the whole the whole thirty seconds before I got knocked out. I was too comfortable, and uh, that's something that you can't do in there. Has that been the focus since? Is ma like maintaining mental focus? Yeah, yeah, staying uh, staying in the fight. No, whether I think I'm winning or losing, or uh, you know whatever's happening, I have to just stay in that one second instead of you know putting it all into like five minutes and say, oh, I got this. And you're just too comfortable. And after the Michael Johnson fight, you said, listen, I'm not going to fight a whole lot in my career. You know, I, because of the way I fight, yeah. I need time to rest. I need breaks. Yep. Yet here you are four months later, right? So explain to me, you know, what changed there? Why were you willing to get in so quick? You know, was, was it because of the loss? Or what changed your mind? You said, I I'm getting right back well, in I think there. this is a, a proper amount of time. Um, four months is, is quite a, is a long time. I mean, um, it took... I went through all my impact tests um, as soon as I was clear to go, which you know, surprisingly wasn't long after I fought. I, you know, I passed my impact test uh, two weeks. I took it two weeks after the fight and passed it. And um, the person that took uh, that administered said that they didn't see it with their own eyes. They wouldn't have believed it. And you know, I was the same way. So um, yeah, I recovered well. I the knee was was super hard, but other than that, you know, I didn't I didn't feel like I took a lot of damage. Very cool. Well, you get booked on a card here in Arizona, uh, a home game, I guess, so to speak, for you. What, yeah. What's the emotion like for here? I mean, is, is, is it special? I mean, you've been in big fights, and now you're in the UFC. But, I mean, is fighting in Arizona still something cool for you? And are you going to have, you know, extra friends and family in the crowd? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a culmination of events uh, in my life that is just uh, pretty much unbelievable. I could have never even dreamed. Um, you know, it's too quick in my career to, to have dreamed to be able to come home and headline a card. Uh, where I wrestled in state uh, at state tournament, but so it's a dream come true without ever even have to having to, to dream about it. So yeah, it came fast, but uh, you know I'm I'm excited. There's gonna be we're gonna turn the city into the country real quick, and uh, it's gonna be like blood sport when they're. Uh, when they're chanting Kung Lee, except they're going to be yelling Gaethje. <laughs> so you have a, a big contingent in the crowd. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous, yeah. Very cool. All right, Dustin Poirier is the opponent, right? Uh, i got to ask, when they, when they came to you with this fight, I mean, 
That's that's not a bad matchup, right? Still a top a top ranked guy, a veteran. Yeah, coming sport. off a win. That's why I was gonna say. I mean, it's almost like they matched you up, like you won your last fight, right? Yeah, um, in a way, yeah. But you know, you you get rewarded for giving Max effort, and they see what I do. They they know what I'm gonna give them, and you know they appreciate it. So yeah, um, it's I'm very thankful for this opportunity. It's you know I could be fighting some turd like James Vick, fucking crybaby that never shuts up. Um, so yeah, who knows? <laughs> so I guess we know your opinion on James Vick there. God, that dude needs to get slapped. He <laughs> called me a bitch on the internet, so when I do see him, I'm going to slap the fuck out of him. Fair but enough. I'm not happy with him. Well, we got to focus on Poirier right now. I've heard some people no, say... No, I mean, he doesn't... He literally, it's just... It's like seeing a little kid that just won't shut up because their parents won't spank him. It gets old. Any party that wants to get in there and teach him a lesson at some point? No, no, I don't... I'm like I said. I'm focused on Dustin right now. I just on the inter- social media. I wish it was not invented, so that we could not hear anything from anybody, fans, bad fans, good fans. I mean, at the end of the day, the loud fans stick out the most, and they're not the good ones. I can't imagine you. You get hate online. Why would you get hate? Yeah. Hey, this world is full of hate, so that's why. Rough. Keyboard rough. warriors. I wish. I need to. Uh, I think I'm gonna. Hopefully, I can make a lot of millions, and then create something like Troll Trace that they did on South Park where every single comment you've ever put comes up under your name, under your real name, so that we could uh, call you out. It's a nice future goal. I like <laughs> yeah, that. I can that, fix the world right yeah, there. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Facebook needs to invest in that. Well, let's talk about Dustin Poirier. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that you, know, you guys are similar. He just may be a little bit more refined version of you. Do you think that's a, a fair version? Sure. Um, in space, I think so. Uh, but... Uh, no one's just comfortable with me in, in the midst of chaos or in the pocket. Uh, so the more we're fighting in the pocket, you know, the more uncomfortable he's going to be. And uh, obviously my leg kicks will be a huge factor in this fight. We've all seen him fight Jim Miller. Um, and I'm going to keep him guessing uh, whether I'm going to kick his leg off, take him down, or, or punch him in the face. It's a huge fight in the lightweight division. It's a fun time in the lightweight division. Yeah. You mentioned Habib earlier. Uh, we just saw him win the title. What did you think of his performance? I mean, it was, a, it was a tough week he had to deal with, of course, yeah. but, but what did you think of his yeah, performance? Yeah, uh, you know, world class. I mean, he's the best in the world, uh, you know, considered the best in the world, and I think he's the best on, the, in, on paper. He's the best. He's 26-0 and 0 right now, so can't take anything away from the guy, but I definitely um, am shooting to fight him. Well, it sounds like, I mean, we were comparing top five opponents, top ten opponents earlier. I mean, do you feel like he maybe hasn't had the test that he should so far? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, he's... I mean, he dismantled Edson Barboza, so you cannot take anything away from that man. Um, Edson Barboza is scary, uh, kicks hard, punches hard. Uh, it's a tough matchup, and he, uh, he demolished him, so you can't take anything away from him. We thought Conor McGregor would probably have the first title shot, but we saw everything that happened last week. Do you feel like with everything that he went through that, you know, maybe he's out of the picture for a little while, and maybe, just maybe, the winner of this fight might be able to stick their hand in the air and say, uh, maybe I'm up next. You never know. I think it depends on how you win. Obviously, the winner of this fight has to to win convincingly and decisively. And then, yeah, I mean, the it's there's a bit more of a clear picture to the our path to the to the title than there was, you know, two weeks ago. Um, well, I thought there was until you know Khabib talks all that shit about Conor not defending his belt, and then the first thing he does is call out George St. Pierre. So, it kind of counterproductive to what he was trying to accomplish. So, we'll see what happens there. You think that'd be a fun fight, you and Habib? I mean, we know he's obviously he's going to wrestle. Yeah, I would love to fight him. Um, I have world-class wrestling and uh, world-class leg kicks. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how he deals with it. 
Fantastic. Well, first up, of course, Dustin Poirier live on Fox. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a big fight. Is I mean, is this still a Justin Gaethje fight after that first loss is out of the way? I mean, does anything change or is this still, I mean, you're going out there reckless, abandoned, yeah, crazy I mean, aggression. Um, my goal in every fight is to finish them as fast and as brutal as possible. Um, that's what I do. It's fighting. It's not wrestling. Um, you know, I'm not trying to score more points than them. I'm trying to finish them. And when I do, it's over. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my goal. I, I need to keep people guessing. You know, the more I keep people guessing on the up and down, biting on uh, maybe takedown attempts or actual takedowns, then bigger, I will be able to land bigger shots uh, you know, up the middle. So that's, that's the plan. So Justin Gaethje, uh, listen, he's he's ready for a fight, and uh, I, th I think he's going to uh, bring it, man. He's aggressive every time. There's no question about. It. Meanwhile, Dustin Poirier, uh, Poirier, listen, he's been he's been calm all week. It, it, you know, definitely, you can see the veteran savvy in him. He's 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 not getting too riled up. He's not getting too emotional about things. I mean, there's no bad blood between these two, so there wouldn't be any reason to get really like overly riled up or whatever. But um, but Dustin Poirier kind of kind of rolling around with that quiet confidence and uh, and feels. Listen, he's just. Says he's just a better fighter, you know. He's like, you know, no offense. I, he, all the respect, you know, they both these guys that said they have all the respect in the world. But Poirier says, listen, I just, I feel like my striking's better. I feel like my jujitsu's better. He's like, I feel like my wrestling, um, you know, may, maybe this is not better than his, where he has this wrestling background. But I feel he can at least contest. So, um, I don't know. What, what, Cole Coffee, you've been around Dustin Poirier for a long time, man. That guy's been, that guy's been doing it way back to the WEC days and, and mm -hmm. UFC as well. And, I, I don't know. I feel like he's uh, he's definitely walking around with an air of confidence this week. Yeah, he sure is. And uh, I thought I thought both of those guys really impressed me at the open workouts as well. They were very very strong. They were comfortable. They were working the crowd, and that's usually a good sign um, that they're comfortable enough that the weight cut's not going too bad, right. anything along those lines. But yeah, he's been one of those guys that I've I've always respected his his work ethic, and I've always respected the way he's taken losses, the way he's taken wins he's always been humbled uh when he's when he's been in victory and when he's been fired up he's never pushed it too bad he's been you know uh he's never went too bad when he's talked shit you know it's not like a polite talk shit right. but it, but it's like a polite talk shit you know um but i've always respected him and he looked really good at the uh, at the open workouts i thought his hands were, were crisp and strong but man Gagey's uppercuts were vicious as well, but they both were swinging the uppercuts. That it, it seems to me that if either one goes to the body, which is probably a smart move for for mm. for both these guys to try to take the wheels out from underneath the other, um, it looked like that's what both of them had really been working on. But um, it, I'm, I'm excited to see him get in there. I think this is going to be a, a tough, tough test. Uh, you know, he's he's certainly by no means ready to step away from the game, you know, but this is one of those ones, a loss here. I mean, it, it does set him, set him back down, you know, and, well, that, and a win would be a very, very good, that, you know, a former champion, you know, I think it'd be great for him, but you know, a loss I think does worse for him than it does for Gagey. I think you're definitely right about that. And I hadn't thought about that aspect though, but I think you're definitely right. Cause that's why I don't want to ask you guys next. I mean, uh, Jose, I know, we, you know, we kind of recorded some media picks earlier that yeah. people see. We both ended up leaning towards Dustin Poirier. I don't think either one of us is like, put the, put the mortgage payment on it. You know what right. I mean? It's definitely mm -hmm. Dustin Poirier. But, but we're both leaning that way. But, um, you know, I, th I think it's a very closely contested fight. But what does it mean? That's what I'm trying to figure out. What does it mean, right? Because we just saw – and it's interesting, too, because, um, you know, both guys were kind of asked through this week, like, what they think about the title picture. Does it seem like – 
And it is kind of murky right now, right? Like, we just saw the lightweight champion crowned last week with a beat number of We saw Tony Ferguson's knee in those pictures today. Man, the number of staples he has on his yeah, leg. I, I haven't, I haven't, oh, I haven't you looked. guys just posted a couple hours ago. It ain't, it ain't looking good, bro. He that up. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, so, you know, that's not looking good. Of course, you know, we know Connor's going to fight again. That's certainly going to happen. But he's got some legal stuff he's got to deal with. So, I mean, now you're starting – I mean, those are the top three guys, no question about it. So, Ooh. now you start looking – yeah, gross, huh? <laughs> that is nasty. <laughs> so, now you start looking down to that group below. And, of course, we've got another big lightweight fight next week in Atlanta City with Edson Barbosa and Kevin Lee. But, of course, Edson Barbosa just lost to Habib. So, if he beats Kevin Lee, even if he – even if he beats him, like, spectacularly, convincingly, I don't think he's jumping back no. up there. But, I mean, there is – if George St. Pierre isn't out there ready to jump back in, like, like you know, um, maybe some people think he might, uh, could the winner of this fight maybe sneak in and put their hand in the air and say, listen, I know I'm not the guy you thought deserved it, but I'm right here now. I think you, the word, you use the word sneak is perfect because, I mean, like – Dustin says it's murkier than ever. Justin seems to think there's a clearer path. Um, and by clear path, it probably means, like like you said, Tony's on the sideline. Kevin Lee already lost. Connor, who knows if Connor's going to fight after his debacle in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like It might be like you're the next man up. Like right. next, you, don't, you might not be the most deserving, but you're there. Eddie Alvarez is still floating around. Like, yeah, he that's, has that's, – That's the wild card, right? He has a draw with Dustin. Like, if they want to do a number, like, hey, say Habib is going is off doing whatever, waiting for Connor or whatever. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing Dustin and the winner of this. Maybe not Justin because if, say, Dustin wins, you could run that back. If yep. Justin Gaethje wins, then, then who then, knows, Then man. Eddie's probably definitely first, right? Yeah, so. or I would love to see Justin versus the winner of – Kevin Lee, yeah. Barbosa. I yep. mean, or have the loser of this fate, the loser of that. I mean, the lightweight division isn't nearly as, like, losing the Paul Felder fight was terrible. Losing the Pettis case fight was terrible. But, like, in terms of, like, f- fun fights that you want to see, yeah. there's a lot of them out there. There mm-hmm. were so many good fights lined up in the lightweight division. This this is going to be a big fight. I think either way, the winner of this – first of all, I think that it's going to be a fun fight. And second of all, I think the winner will be in a nice position. We don't know exactly mm-hmm. where they'll be in a nice position. The co-main event – uh, talk to me about this one, guys, because Carlos Condit um, against Matt Brown was a fight that, of course, everybody wanted to see. I mean, that thing like, was going to be incredible. And then we hear Matt Brown is out, and you go, ah, well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, no, no, we got a replacement. And it's Alex Oliveira. And I got to say, no disrespect to Carlos Condit, who's a legend. The guy's been doing it forever. But it scared me a little bit, man. I, 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 I don't want to be – again, I, I never want to be disrespectful, but, I mean, Carlos has openly admitted that, like, hey, kind of toying with the idea of, of, of retiring, yeah. kind of half in, half out. And with Matt Brown, I feel like Matt Brown was also that guy who was, like, you know, kind of half in, half out. He was on the on the verge of retiring, so, you know, he was just going to give it one more go. And so I guess that made me feel better about kind of where they would both be at physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just size-wise as well, man, I feel like Alex Oliveira, um, you know, Matt Brown's kind of like that old era welterweight, right? You know what I mean? Like Alex Oliveira is that new era welterweight. You know, I mean he's he's a he's a he's a big dude, and I don't know, man. I'm just kind of and it's like because Cowboy Oliveira used to be a lightweight too. I, know, I mean, I don't know how, how, how he, I made that. And mm-hmm. Condit, like you said, he was talking about hanging up the gloves before he even fought Robbie. I mean, if he had won the championship, he could have retired as the champion yep. against like when I when I say like he'd lost to Robbie, I'll use that in quotes because that's always up for debate, but. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he he uh, he, lo- and then he got subbed by Maya in the first round. Took like a year off, came back or year and a half off. Lost that. I don't want to say snoozer, but it, like he said, he didn't take damage yep. and he lost. 
didn't complain, didn't like say, oh, that was like, I he held me down or nothing. He just said, didn't take damage and I lost. I wasn't in it. Said he liked the fight against Cowboy Oliver and I mean, you guys were there for Cowboy's last fight. I mean, talk. we were talking about Justin yeah. and we were talking about Justin and Eddie. Let's not forget, there were two fight of the nights on that card. Yep. Yeah. And the other one was Cowboy Oliveira and Yancey Medeiros. Yeah, it was a sick fight. That it was, was an unbelievable bro. fight. So, if any, if I feel like yeah, we lost Matt Brown, but getting Cowboy Oliveira is not the biggest name, but it could still turn out to just be a, a, a slobber knocker. I mean, the good thing is exactly right. I mean, Carlos Condit, dude, if he's on point, if he's on his game, like oh, he can one of the best scrap the with anybody. I mean, George, Saint, There's a reason George St. Pierre said his hardest fight ever was against Carlos Condit. Yeah. Head kicked George St. Pierre and was like seconds away from winning the title. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So one of my best so fights ever. What do you think? I mean, so Carlos Condit doesn't necessarily love doing media. I mean, he's he's not bad at it, but it's just not. Like, sure. He's not coming here to like let me make sure I give you some lines. You know what I mean? Um, so I think you know we we obviously had to talk to him twice this week at the open workouts mm-hmm. and the media session, and I think we all kind of tried to approach it a little bit differently to just get him to talk kind of more large scale about mindset and all that stuff. So, what what did you guys think about the fact that he did straight up admit? That he doesn't feel like his last fight, he was there 100% mentally, that he was preparing 100%, you know, that he was at 100%. Like, I, it's it's weird because on the one hand, I'm like, I respect your honesty, man. Thank you very much for, sure. for mm-hmm. bringing that to the table and, and giving us a little peek behind your life. And on the other hand, it's like, bro, you're already talking about retiring and now you're admitting you weren't there and now yeah. you're saying you are. Like, I, I sorry, I go back and forth. Like, on the one hand, I'm like, good for him telling us. And on the other hand, I'm like, Maybe you should have kept that to yourself. I, I don't know. Did, yeah. did, did, did it strike you one way or the other? It certainly, you certainly question if his head's uh, completely in it. And the, I think the thing about Carlos now, and, and he's he's not like an older statesman, you know, and and, and Oliveira is not that much younger, three years younger. He's no, still he seems 30. like the young guy he, against yeah, the old guy. He's like, oh, the not. young guy's like, he's, he's 30 himself. Um, Carlos now, he's while he is still willing to bang, and I think we love it when he does do that, He's much more of a cerebral fighter now. He's much more willing to take his time, and he works out good game plans. And so I think when his head is fully into it and he's fully engaged in whatever that game plan is, whether it's be sticking away, going with the leg kicks, you know, keeping that distance, you know, maybe engaging. I think the thing with with Oliver, Oliver is going to probably push the pace and try to go forward, and hopefully, well, hope I'm saying hopefully, like if I was rooting for Carlos, that. Um, <laughs> he would, you know, make a mistake. You know, Carlos would be able to kind of sit back, you know, make his moves and, and, and pick and choose. But if he's not there 100% mentally, that takes the whole cerebral side of his yes. game playing out. Then he's just going to be fumbling along. And you can only fumble along so long once you're taking damaging leg kicks, when you're taking kicks to the to the, your arms and to your head. So mm-hmm. if, he, if he doesn't come in completely 100% invested in what's going on and we're getting – Maybe a roughly 75-80% there, Carlos. And a Carlos that's not fighting that often. And when he does, he's had mixed results. It doesn't bode well for him, you know, because right now Oliver is very focused. Everything we've seen, he's, you know, probably fighting some of the best fighting that he's done right now. Mm -hmm. And so he's got that edge on where he's almost got momentum. He doesn't need to almost be there 100% because with the momentum and the way he's fighting right now, an 80% Oliveira is going to beat most guys that he right. comes up against. Now, if, if an 80% comes in against a 100%, uh, you know, Condit, I'm going to root for Condit. Definitely. I think Condit's got it. I think he's got the skills, and I think he's as smart as anybody out there. But, you know, like you said, if he if he's already starting to sort of say that he's maybe 
you know, I slipped, you know, my mind, you know, I wasn't quite there, you know, and that was after a little bit of a break, you know, you, you start to wonder. But I think that's what we're watching here. But, I mean, if, if, if Khan is on, I mean, if, if, if Khan he's on, is on. 100%. I'd, I'd, I'd put 100 bucks on him. He wins For sure. You know. But if he's not on, if there's some problems. All right, so, so what I want to do, uh, I'll, I'll play. We didn't do a one-on-one, but I did want people to hear a little. We did a little scrum today at the, at the media day, and I wanted people to hear a little of that so everybody can kind of judge for themselves. Tell me if you like it, if you you know, I mean, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you appreciate the, the honesty and you feel like the curtain is pulled back a little bit, or if it scares you a little bit. Because I know if you're a fight fan, you're a, fa- you're a, fa- you're a fan of Carlos Condit. You have to be. Period. You have to be. So let me know if you, if, if, if you like the honesty or you get a little bit scared. Carlos, you mentioned yesterday that you do still have love for the sport, man. I'm curious. What, I mean, what is it about the sport that still drives you? Because it's not an easy one, that's for sure. What, what, what is it that, that you do still love about it? Um, like, like, I don't know. I get to train all day and fight people. <laughs> and kick things and punch things and grapple and I don't know I just it's just in me I dig it like, I don't know and then I get to learn shit and there's like a creative aspect to it uh, that I get to like you know put things together in different orders and combinations and it's just it's fun man I dig it it's fun and then there's the intensity like uh, you know in the midst of all that that's what I wonder because like yesterday you know we were kind of talking about the title picture and stuff and you were like I'm going to be honest, I don't really know what the title picture is right now. So I wonder, like, kind of what your goals are in the sport. Like, if it has anything to do with paychecks or accomplishments or titles, or if it's more just about, like, kind of that old school, like, develop as a martial artist and continue to refine yourself as in martial arts. I mean, is that kind of where your goals lie at this point? Um, you know, I want to go out there and put on great performances. Like, that's really where my goals lie. Uh, and with that, it's paychecks. Fuck yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, but yeah, I, I like go out there, have fun, put on good performances and, um, yeah, and, and, and continue to entertain. You toyed with the idea of retirement for a little while. I mean, have you started thinking about what life would be like if you didn't have this outlet, if you didn't have fighting that it, that it seems to be so passionate about? Well, I'm not gonna like, I'm always going to be a martial arts, even if I'm not like a current like a rostered fighter, I'm still going to be training. I'm still going to be, be rolling. I'm still going to be, you know, involved. Like that's, I, that would be a sad day that I wasn't able to do this and I will to forever. What was it that you wanted to leave behind though? Knowing that you wanted to train, you wanted to be a martial artist. Was it media? Was it, was it, mm. being, what, was, what was it that you wanted out of? Um, well, it, there's, there's the dangerous, there's the danger part of it, you know, and this thing has a, has, a, has, can have a long-term impact on your health and, you know, getting punched in the head isn't good for you. And so there's that, that concern. And that's mainly what, you know, what that was all about, if you want me to be honest. I, I know he's not here right now, but it's always funny to see sort of the reaction online when you versus Matt Brown is announced. It's just people go crazy. They're so excited for this fight. Mm-hmm. And now this is twice it's fallen through. Is that still one you want, or are you ready to just move past it at this point? Uh, if it came up, I'd be down. Like, you know, it, it's that's a fight that would be fun. It'd be intriguing. You know, a lot of fan engagement. People are excited about it. So uh, if, it, if it came about, and he could stay healthy. Because <laughs> the last one, I didn't get a replacement. The last one... The, the, the first time that he got hurt, I was just out, and that sucks. But at least this time I got a replacement. You, men- you mentioned uh, you do this because it's fun. Was, 
was the last fight fun? Was the fight before that fun? Like when 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 was the last time this like fighting in that cage with the lights? When was the last time that was fun? Um. I mean, I not not that I didn't have fun the last time. I just had, you know, I, for whatever reason, I wasn't I wasn't myself, and I wasn't able to get out there and flow and do my thing. So that that sucked. And that was disappointing. Um, probably the last time that it was fun, fun uh, was the Robbie Lawler fight. You alluded to that yesterday too, that you said you weren't able to get into it last time. When was it like personal stuff? Was it like outside the cage stuff? Like personal issues that were distracting, or was it physical or mental? What was it? Uh, yeah, there's a lot, lot of, lot of personal shit. Like lots of, lots of stuff going on in my personal life. Yeah. And people don't realize that sometimes how much that impacts fighters in, in there. Well, yeah, I mean, unless you do stuff to kind of like process that you, you take what you know just like anybody's job you have a bad day you, you know get in a fight with you know whoever you know you're you, know, you got family issues you're going to bring that into work and this is my job and that's kind of it, it, it's just how it goes speaking of personally i mean what does a, a win on saturday night do for you confidence wise like for your personal confidence um, you know, the, my personal com confidence doesn't like pivot on on this fight. You know what I mean? Like, I, I put in the work. I've done everything that I can do. Like at this point, I've done everything that I could do going into this fight. And you know, it's I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna do my best. I expect to win. I expect to put on a good performance. But if not, you know, I'm, personally, I'm still confident. Like it's not gonna crush me. It's not. You know, it's not. So I'm, I'm more than just this. So your personal goals are more about preparation, being the martial artist you want to be, as opposed to the outcome of the fight. Um, I think as with like with anything, if you focus too much on the outcome, you're going to kind of skip over some of the preparation and the steps it takes to get there. And so, yeah, I, I focus on what I got right in front of me. I, you know, we're here right now. Um, you know, I got a weight cut in front of me. I got you know another you know however many hours to put the the finishing touches on this fight week. And that's what I got. And then fight night, I'll go out there and I'll do that, and I'll do that to the best of my ability. And that's kind of how I look at it. It was just announced yesterday that your your teammate Ollie Holm is back in action at 145 in June, uh, fighting against Mika Anderson. That has the looks of a number one contender fight. I mean, and you you hang out with Ollie, you know Ollie. Does she want that Chris Cyborg fight again? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I would imagine that she does. Um, but, yeah, I, don't know. I haven't talked to her about that specifically. Do you feel like she has what it takes just in terms of a rematch to be able to fix the mistakes and then, you know, do better next time? Yeah, I do, absolutely. Were there any positives that you took out of your last fight with Magni? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, this is... Sometimes by by making mistakes, how you learn, and you know there's some mistakes that I, I made going into that. I think in preparation, in fight camp, just in my approach to some stuff, and I've tried to remedy that the best that I can. And um, and then also just the, I didn't I didn't take any damage in that fight, and I you know the the things that I worked on in camp in preparation for the fight are still there. Like they they didn't go away. I still did that work. It's still stuff that's it's in my my Rolodex. Were fights like Magni, were those like the were those like the worst type of losses in the sense that because you're not hurt afterward, or or is the loss just a loss a loss they also suck? I mean, I I would have liked to have gone out there and put on a better fight, and you know, 
whether I won or whether I lost and had it be, be more exciting than, than what it was. Um, but, you know, I, you know I, did, I didn't take any damage and I didn't get hurt, so that's, that's a plus. Nick Diaz is, is back in about 10 days. Is he? Yeah, he's back off suspension. Is, is that a fight that interests you? Yeah, for sure. All right, that was Carlos Conda, the Natural Born Killer. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor. Get on mm. iTunes. Mm. Make sure you subscribe to the MMA Road Show. Jump in there, too. Leave us. Sub- subscribe twice. Subscribe twice Start if you can. Start a bogus account under your mom's name. Get Whoa. your girlfriend's Log account. In. Make her subscribe. <laughs> do it all. You know what I mean? We love your girlfriend. Or Make boyfriend. <laughs> or your boyfriend. There you go. Rate us. Make sure you leave <laughs> us five stars if you can. Review us if you can. Leave us a little feedback. You know, throw, throw a little uh, a little words in there. What you mm. like, what you don't like, what you want to see us change. You can do that. We appreciate that. Or, or if you want to take it to the next level, if you're like, next I, I don't just like this show. I love this show. Yeah. It's an amazing show. You might like us more than your own family. There we you go. appreciate that. I like us more than your family. I like us more than <laughs> my family. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what you can do then is you can go to patreon.com slash the MMA Road Show. At that point, you can become a Patreon supporter. A patron? A patron. A patron. Yeah. Said that wrong. Patron's the site. A patron is when you're. You could be a patron, a patron yeah. of the MMA Road Show. Yeah. We've got a couple different levels that you can subscribe to there that you mm-hmm. can help us out. We're trying to grow the show. If you are a one of our most valued patrons, you could yes. be watching the show live right now. I mean, not right Definitely. now because when you listen to this, it won't be live because we've already recorded it. But, but for the the uh, ones that were on it right now, you see it's what I'm like saying? it's like a total mind. It's like inception. Mind they already right know. Now. They're like, whoa, what's going on? So we're streaming live. And why are we streaming live? Because we got some streaming gear that we, we do got some that, gear. That, that we invested in that we didn't even have any money yet, but we did. There's yeah. other things. We got other ideas. There's things we want to do. We want to keep growing the show. We're not just trying to line the pockets here. No, no, no. There's oh, things yeah. we want to do. No. I mean, yes, yeah. it would be. Uh, you were trying to line the pockets? Totally. Oh, I'm trying to invest in gear. I, I, got, I got cargo shorts. I got many pockets I need to line. <laughs> hey, right God, don't say I have cargo shorts. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with cargo that's shorts? 2018, uniform, men don't wear cargo shorts. Wow. <laughs> Real men wear whatever they want. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, but, sure. we, but we have some shout-outs we need to, to make sure we give it in there. Um, Just shout-out to Brent Barnett, who's, yes. who uh, has signed up. And uh, Luke Prezier. 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 Luke Prezier. Yeah. Who looks like I'll, I'll, is Canadian and... Check, could be. That's that's a lovely mix. I bet he's gonna have just lovely children if he doesn't already. Wow, I can tell by that. By, <laughs> are you by blessing, the flag mix? Are you blessing his future born? <laughs> I mean, thank you for becoming a patron. I'm sure of, instead of Barry White, you're listening to this show as you are whining and dining. Your we will bless other. all of your children. Yes, you have lovely. May smart they be children. strong and masculine. <laughs> 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 anyway, we would appreciate it. It means a yeah. lot to us. And Brent, uh, Brent, you know, Brent was uh, one of the the Aussies that hooked us up uh, with amazing. the the. Uh, Royal Melbourne Lion Purple Hotel, Ro- Lion, yeah, which was like one of the greatest ever roadshow tapings. <laughs> no question about ever. it. Ever, they totally took wonderful care of us. Went there, and all the people showed up. And I remember just feeling like I want to move here. Yep. After that episode, I was like, I want to move to that country. It's an amazing place. So yes. So thank you, Brent, for jumping on board, and, and and Luke, thank you very much, and everybody else that's been there that we've mentioned all before. You know, we appreciate you guys, Ryan, Hans, Jared, Muna, Jay, Joe, Trent, Joe, Mark, Desru, everybody. Thank you so much. You know, it's funny. I messed up on trivia this week uh, in Australia. What's what, what's the capital of Australia? Is it is it Sydney or Melbourne? 
Uh, I'm going to say Sydney. Trick question. It's neither. It's Canberra. <laughs> Look at this trick question. Canberra, yeah. What if I just pulled that out my ass? That was pretty, I was that say, pretty strong. Dude. Like, What's the capital of Djibouti? <laughs> Djibouti. Wow, we were going down a path. That's true, though, isn't it? I remember to... that commercial yeah. in 2001. <laughs> yeah, right. They came with my cargo shorts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going down this main car. All my jokes come from 2001, just like my cargo shorts. <laughs> Hey, man. Did you leave your, uh, like, dyed tips back there? They grow back, finally fall out? Oh, yeah, for sure. Along with my Swatch watch in the, uh, oh, the bedroom. <laughs> my guest jeans. Israel Adesanya facing Marvin Vittori in a middleweight fight. Guys, uh, I am pumped for this fight. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny because uh, Israel Adesanya made amazing UFC debut, right? I mean, the guy's striking is next level. Um, his debut was something special. I was bummed that we didn't go down to Perth and catch it live, but... You know, from his entrance to his performance to his post-fight interviews to everything he did, the guy's got swagger. The guy's got style. Um, he is certainly a next-level striking talent. And and I came here kind of just getting excited uh, to watch Israel Adesanya up close and personal. You know, I've seen it on TV, but I wanted to see it from cage side. Um, and also to meet him and, and it just kind of, you know, you, you get a different sense. I mean, you watch an interview, that's one thing. You talk to him and you get a different sense of things. Uh, and that's how I came. Mm-hmm. But then – that's how I came to Arizona, yeah. you weirdo. Yeah, yeah. you really Meanwhile, you want to come watch him. <laughs> you want to see him in person. That, get out of here. You're cut off. And uh, by the way, he told me to call him Izzy. He does. We're, he likes, we're on that basis. If you, well, we're if totally you like to call Izzy, you can call him Izzy. We're totally like. tight like that. Can I call him Izzy? <sighs> no, he didn't say Maybe. you could call him Maybe you should probably stick with Izzy. Uh, meanwhile, but okay, so that's that's what we were looking forward to, and we actually had a great sit down interview with him. Um, please go check that out if you haven't on on YouTube. Uh, you can it check that out because we had a, we had a really fun interview with him, and and he's 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 just a he's a great interview uh, on top of everything else. But how about Marvin Vittori? Marvin Vittori came into the media today, and and was just fired up, right? I mean, first of all, he's a big dude, a big Huge. Italian striker, man. Yeah. He is thick. Uh, you know, he's, he's he's proud of his granite chin. He thinks he can take some shots, but uh, doesn't think he's going to have to here. But, I mean, just how about the attitude? You, you, you know, he certainly doesn't feel, uh, at least to himself, that he's Izzy Adesanya's next opponent. Yeah, I mean, he was straight up asked, like, when you when they offered you this fight, did you just assume it would be like, oh, they want me to be the next man to fall? He's like, I'm going to show this. I'm going to prove to the people that he's not that good. Like, it's not like he's fighting with a chip on his shoulder. He just believes he's going to win. Like, right, yeah. And after talking to him, like, I'm like, I was like you. Like, Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. Like, I'm going to see this, like, see this striking in person. And then, like, Marvin, I don't want to say won me over, but it made me more – it made me feel like it, was, it wasn't it was as one-sided as I initially it makes thought. It, yeah. I'm interested now in the fight. You exactly. Know, not just one guy in the fight. So this was a funny story. You know, we, we, we asked Izzy about, you know, how the matchup came together. Sure. You know, did you want to turn <laughs> – and he's like, I knew I was going to fight that guy. You know, he's like, I always knew I was going to fight the guy. And we said, well, what do you mean? He's like, listen, I, I was in Las Vegas, asked for and I ran into him, and I and I saw him, and I, and I was like, hey, nice fight. And, and Marvin kind of looked at me and gave me like a, a dirty look or whatever, and I was like, oh, I'm going to fight that guy someday. I'm going to fight that someday. And so this time he was one of the names that was on the table, and Izzy said, yeah, I want that guy. So then Marvin comes in a little bit later, and we're like, hey, by the way, Izzy says he knew he was going to fight you because you gave him a dirty look. And his answer was, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> to quote, his exact quote was, nah. Nah, nah, nah. 
never happened. Nah, yeah. that didn't never happen. happen. He goes, so, he, and then he goes, eh, it might happen, but I don't think it happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, we've got that whole thing up on, on YouTube as well, so if you want to check out Marvin Vittori, uh, he's been around for a couple of fights in the UFC, but I understand if he hasn't some, you know, wasn't somebody that was on your radar, but, man, he handled himself well this week. Uh, right. his, his English is perfect. You know, he's, he's an Italian fighter, uh, but he's been training in Southern California lately. I know he was at the UFC Performance Institute yeah. for a while, and he basically wants to come in and shock the world. Not going to be easy, man. I do believe Adesanya is um, – I believe he's the real deal, man. I think he's better in, in all aspects than than people realize. You know, he kind of slow played himself to the UFC because he knew he needed to work on the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu, and his striking is, is on another level. I will say the one thing that I saw from the first week, his first UFC fight week, where a lot of people throwing out the, uh, the young John Jones – uh, statement. Of course, I asked him about that today, so you may have seen a social media clip out there. I will say this because we had the sit-down interview with him, so we spent you know a few minutes with him there, and of course we had him in the media day as well. The physical similarities, as far as uh, young John Jones, yeah, I mean the, the 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 facial structure, the body type, even you know John Jones had the had the grown-out hair back yeah. then a little bit more. I mean, like physically, like yes, it does kind of look like a, a young John Jones. But that, to me, like I think that's where the comparison should stop. Like as far as their games, I mean, yes, maybe the creativity, the the, the flowing. Now I'm talking myself more into it. Like they yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, well, when, but, you, when <laughs> you say it like that, it is. I mean, because yeah, they're very, very creative. You know, they, the they, creativity, the, stri the strikes kind of come out of nowhere. Yep. And I think when Jones is at his best, he was doing that same sort of thing. And now, you know, he kind of has a way of kind of getting in there and just delivering these these elbows, and he's more of a, a, a grungy brawler now as right. he's kind of gotten bigger and maybe, you know, into it. Whereas when he first came out, you never knew whether you're going to see the, the kick to the knee, you know, whether he was going to do a spinning kick, when he was going to – He kind of bullies now fist. more than he used he's, to. Now he's more of a bully. He's just – he's such a big dude yeah. that he lands a couple strikes, so he doesn't have the same – like that spinning back elbow on Bonner. Yeah, just that like was, the shit that came out of nowhere. Where he, Bonner says he thought he got hit in the back of the head by like a can or something. Yeah. He was like, I thought somebody threw like, something no, from the crowd. No, nope. he just doesn't have to do it anymore. I mean, he's able to just come straight at him. And, and I think he embraces that. He he just bullies. He's, he's just yep. so strong. But yeah, I mean, but Izzy, he fires from just crazy locations. I think it, it's wonderful when I see these guys because I think that's – I can only imagine what it's like. If we're sitting on a TV and we still can't tell – what a guy's going to do, and you're so surprised. Mm -hmm. Imagine being two or three oh, feet away, no. trying to have your hands up, and you're like this, and next thing you know, there's this spinning blur, and then there, next thing you know, there's a heel <laughs> up against the side of your head. And I love, you know, Adesanya you know? today, he's like, oh, you think I have holes in my game? He's like, come step in those holes. Like, it's a trap. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to set you right. up. But that's, he's like, come step in that hole and see what happens. Yeah, that's, what, I, that's the one thing. You know, I was editing while you guys were doing the Marvin, but that's the biggest thing that stuck out for me in the Marvin uh, interview is that he is convinced he sees the holes in Izzy's game and that he knows where they're at. I'm interested to see what those are. You know, right now, besides, you know, like, you know, where a lot of people say you know, maybe it's not the wrestling or whatever, I, come out there, show me, you know, wow me with this thing because I'll be looking forward to it. And if and if, if he has the answers, I think a lot of people will be, be wondering. And, these and top three fights, to these top three fights, if they play out like they could potentially play out, I don't want to be the one sitting here jinxing it on Thursday night as we sit down and record. Well, you already this, jinxed the card earlier, remember? That is true. That, sure. was, that was actually true. Thanks to John, we're, we're going to go on record right now. We will be down to seven fights. <laughs> Um, it's going to be a fight pass card. <laughs> fight yeah. pass card. By the yeah, basically yeah. we're sitting around the media room today, and somebody's like, wow, it's crazy. We have 13 fights this week, you know? And then I was like, hey, there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> so Hopefully uh, that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, but, it's a good fight. but I will say, I mean, listen, 
for Vittori, there's nothing wrong with just if you believe that Adesanya's ground game, which I think that would be the best place to attack I mean, him. I would say so, right? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong. Like I know everybody wants to be, you know, macho bragging. I did this, I did that, but like, there's nothing wrong, right? With just shooting in, bringing the guy down, and trying to just ground and pound the hell out of him. Sure, I'm not gonna try and stand with Gulkin Saki. Yes, in the why octagon. Would you? So yeah, I agree. I mean, I, it's. It's one of those fights where it's like the Sean O'Malley fight we just saw where right. it's this guy with flashy style against just like an all-around good veteran of the sport. Um, and you saw what happened to Sean. Like, yeah, he like broke his foot or whatever. But those first two rounds, he was shugging off all the takedowns. He was keeping him at bay and doing yeah. his thing. And I'm curious what, like, for all we know, Izzy could be a fantastic grappler in there. He has and to you call him Israel. Yeah. Israel. Yeah. He said you quite, you, for you quite all, hadn't got there yet. For all we know, Mr. Israel is a great grappler. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, I'm curious. It's like when Connor was coming up, everyone is like, oh, what will happen if he fights a, a wrestler? And then we saw it. Right. And the questions were semi put to bed. Like, we're just, we're just going to get answers. Yep. Yeah. It, I'm excited for it. I'm telling you, if you haven't, check out the sit-down interview that we have with him. Watch it on YouTube uh, because you get to see a little bit of his attitude as well. I mean, he's, 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 he's you know – uh, very expressive, and uh, I mean, he's just a, he's a fun guy to talk to. But Marvin Vittori came in and killed it, so I'm I'm fired up for that. Courtney Casey versus Michelle Watterson rounds out the main card. Fantastic uh, women's fight there as well. Michelle Watterson, of course, the karate hottie. I mean, she's been famous forever. People know what she's capable of. But I I have been high on Courtney Mr. Casey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> can I be honest? I'm not so high on Master Yaya. Yeah, yeah. Her Master Yaya yeah, is like ah, but the guy asked it, but she jumped right into she it. She did jump into it, and it was good. <laughs> it was funny. I left that part out of what the audio we played yeah, earlier. It's she so did say incredibly feels it's like racist. It's so cringy. It's <laughs> it very is. cringy. But basically, it boiled down to Master Yaya yeah, yeah said, uh, "If you let me off the bus, we teach you lesson or something like yeah, that." Yeah, like. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 it was, uh, it was asked how Mr. Master Yaya would deal with the whole Connor thing if Connor was coming at the bus or whatever. Yeah, I. It was this sort of long whatever. Just, that's the only. Anyway, she's Master a fanta- Yaya, but she she's absolutely absolutely oh, she does. does. She's the sweetest. <laughs> and then you're like, and all right, I'll fun. listen to it. And again, so well spoken. Uh, but Courtney Casey, who does a lot of training, yeah. lives in Hawaii, right? Where she yeah. has uh, her. I think uh, they own a gym out there in Hawaii. Really so. And then, uh, but she comes out here to the lab, the lab. which. I'm a huge MMA lad. John Crouch, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his as a coach uh, and just as a human being, to be honest with you. But Courtney Casey is one of those fighters that if you just look at her record, I mean, 7-4, and four, you go, eh, you know. But you look at who she's fought. Yeah. And you look at how close some of the fights have been, how easily they could have gone the other way. Uh, I am a huge Courtney Casey fan. And, I mean, there's going to be a big size difference between these two. I cannot wait. We didn't get stare downs today because of the, the, the media day setup that we had. So the first time we'll get to see it is at ceremonial weigh-ins. But Courtney, one of the bigger girls in the strawweight division. Uh, Michelle, of course, a former atomweight champion. She's one of the smaller girls in the division. There's going to be a big difference in size between them. Yeah, I mean – and like court, like we were talking about this earlier. Like Courtney is like such a sweet person, but like she's low key. Like, like you don't want to mess around with her. Like you saw that f- when she was fighting Felice. Right. They were like jawing at each other mm. in the octagon. It's like speaking with Courtney outside of the octagon, you wouldn't expect that. But as soon as that octagon door closes, like she's ready to break brick. Yep. And like exactly, like I believe that was a split decision loss to Felice, where oh, yeah. it was very close. And like who she else she lost to like Joanne Calderwood like Cloudy yeah, Gadella, that was a close yeah. loss to Gadella. So he Ham was exactly. A close fight. So it's like and these are all like I believe she like her what her first two fights or two of her three first fights were like fight of the night performance mm-hmm. of the night. So yep, uh, night. she said she wanted she didn't want a padded record. She's like if I want to be the best I got to beat the best. So 
she's doing I don't want to say like right or wrong, but she's doing it the exciting way. Like it's she, amazing. I always joke yeah. with her every time I see her. I'm like, do you do you ever like think? Does your team ever say, hey, maybe we should rethink this. Maybe we should try <laughs> for like one easy fight. Like just give <laughs> us a free one down there. Uh, so I think that could be a, a big fight for her. And then Michelle Watterson looking to snap a two fight losing streak. First time yeah. she's had to deal with back to back losses. Again, handled herself like a pro. Not only in that interview about uh, you know or the question about Connor, but just in how she talked about. You know how you rebound from losses and, and how you come back. I mean, she's 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 just a consummate professional. I, I love the way she handles herself. So I love that fight. The preliminary card uh, is also on Fox as well, 6 p.m. Eastern for that. So Tim Boach versus Antonio Carlos Jr. Two incredible stylistic differences there. Ricky Rainey against Muslim Salikov, which uh, Muslim Salikov can definitely fight as well. He's one of this next generation of strikers. John Moraga, Chicano John, the man who guy. scares me every time I see his name in a headline because <laughs> I feel like I've accidentally copied and pasted my name uh, into a headline against Wilson Hayes. That's a, a, a fight that nobody's talking about. That'd be a great That's fight. two title challengers. Christoph Jocko versus Brad Tavares in a big middleweight fight there. Uh, Jose, out of those four fights, what's 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 the storylines that are sticking out to you there? I mean, I'm John Moraga, like, as an Arizona guy, right. like, Hispanic guy. Like, I just – I remember watching him. Before he got to the UFC, I mean, he was a product of a. I don't want to say, yeah, it was it was a flyway was a shallow weight class. Sure. It still kind of is. It would be even more shallow back then. Uh, he got a title fight. It was kind of like who? Well, who's next? Like right. he just happened to be on a two fight losing streak. Rock DJ with that overhand right mm-hmm. in Seattle, um, and then he's one of those fighters that just walks forward. Like he'll take a fight with anyone. Walks forward. Great wrestler. Like great boxer. Like. Very exciting, un- underratedly exciting, an underrated exciting fighter. Like when people say, like, who are the most exciting fighters in like the lower weight classes? You don't hear John Moraga a lot, but he's, an, like, he's a very exciting guy to watch. And Wilson Hayes is both these guys fought Demetrius Johnson. Yep, and it's, it shows you like how shallow the flyweight is. Like a win for these guys. They're not getting well, a title shot next sh- I mean, I hate to say it's shallow because there's so many talented guys. But you're right. I mean, there's not like 30 guys that are in line for the exactly. title. It also doesn't – like DJ is so dominant. That's that, the thing. It's just yeah. like, dude, it, because of it, it, it knocks away. But I, I want to say too, for, maybe for people that haven't heard, John Moraga, as you said, a, a, a Phoenix guy. But, yeah. I mean, like born and raised, right? He and, reps and, Maryville, which is like if you're from Maryville. Like when before the Reebok deal, I was watching uh, a UFC fight with someone from Arizona and John Moraga walked out with a Maryville hat. He's just like, this dude, like, he knew immediately, like, this dude's coming to scrap because you're born and raised in Maryville. Like, you're, you're, it's like, that's like, like, Diaz are from Stockton. Right. John Rogan's from Maryville. And you he said reps you did, like, that. an interview with him and. Yeah, he's like, oh, this guy, this guy, like, died right here. Like, he's just, like, so casually. And he has, like, the, like, the city of Phoenix has, like, a logo that you'll see throughout the city. He literally has it tattooed from t- his whole back. Is right the city under of the Phoenix. Baraga script Exactly. Right there. So, he, re- like, everyone talks about Bader and Kane and CB. But if you want a fighter that, like, represents Arizona, no one does it better than John Moraga. You know, I'm interested in the Brad Tavares, Christoph Jocko fight a lot. Brad Tavares, a, a Vegas guy. I mean, it's, yeah. you can't help but develop those local ties. Absolutely. Brad Tavares has been out there for eight years. You know, met him coming off the Ultimate Fighter. Man, you know, time flies, right? You know what I mean? Time flies. Like, it just – you look back and all of a sudden you're like, dude, I've been interviewing you for eight years now, you know, better part <laughs> of a decade, and you've been around forever. And, you know, he's on a nice winning streak right now. He he had some losses. You know, he, he had these wins, and none of them were really blowing your socks off. You know, they weren't incredible, but he had put together a nice little winning streak. And then he ran up against some losses, but you're talking about some absolute top talent, you yeah. know, and now he's won some fights got the fight with Christoph Jocko and, and, and says, you know, if he wins, and, and obviously he's hoping to win, he still wants to gun for that Michael Bisping fight. And he said, listen, I think, because, uh, you know, we thought Bisping was going to be on that Liverpool card. 
Doesn't look like that's going to happen anymore. Um, and, and we're not even really sure if he's – in fact, I even heard I – mean, and I had heard it behind the scenes, but um, actually I was listening on um, – Bisping's podcast this week, he actually, it seems like he's kind of leaning more in the direction of not fighting, um, which it sounds like people around him are saying not fight, you know, don't fight again. But Brad still wants to try to get that Bisping fight. He says, listen, I've been asking for Bisping for a long time. He's like, I know people are trying to cherry pick him right now because they know it's his retirement fight. He's like, I've been trying to get that fight for a long time. And, you know, I'm not one of these trash talking guys. I'm not one of these, you know, I want to cause beef guys. Like, I just want to face, you know, a, a, a guy that's been there for a long time. So I'm interested in that. It's just, you know, Brad Tavares has seen the ups and downs of extreme couture. I mean, that place is, has gone through some some cycles, and, and right now it's on a, on a high. Um, but, you know, it's he, he's been there. It's, when I see I mean, somebody that long, he fought Phil Baroni in the UFC. Crazy. Like, he's been that's like, crazy. he's he exactly like you said, like, He's, and that's no baloney. <laughs> this guy. The, did those jokes come with the shorts? They came with the shorts. <laughs> uh, he, Brad Tavares is one of those guys that's always been there, and then all of a sudden, ten years has passed. Yeah. And it's just like wow, like but like you said, like what four four wins in a row, then a loss, two, and then another loss, like and then trade, and then all of a sudden five wins in a row. It's crazy. Like, and who does he lose to? Like Romero and Whitaker. Like those two are fighting for a championship. Exactly. So. It's interesting, man. I, I'm fired up for that one. Uh, you know, Boach and, and Shoeface, I mean, the, the, the clash of styles My there. dad's favorite fighter, Tim Boach, a Mainer. Yeah, yeah oh, my that's dad, true. Yeah. I do not like Boach. My man. dad's a Mainer. He goes, anyone from Maine in the UFC? I'm like, uh, Tim Boach? He goes, that's my favorite fighter. That's awesome. That's literally the only reason. And then he went to the Bangor main card, and Boach knocked out Brad Tavares. Oh, yeah. And fun story. So we're at, at that Bangor, and for whatever reason, people in Bangor, Maine, don't think Hawaii is part of the United States. What? And they're like, send that guy back. Get that guy out of the country. And my dad's what? like, he's from Hawaii. And they're like, get him out of here. Send him back to Hawaii. I'm, and my dad's like, oh, my God. I'm so ashamed right now. So that's my Bangor, Maine story. Get out of the continental states. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, all right, the uh, Fight Pass prelims are loaded as well. We got uh, six fights on the Fight Card prelims, or the Fight Pass prelims. Gilbert Burns versus Dan Moret, Shannon Dobson versus Laura Mueller, Diego Lima versus Yushin Okami, Arjun Bueller versus Adam Wiesrak, Matthew Lopez, Alejandro Perez, and Patrick Williams versus Luke Sanders. So um, some interesting stories there as well. I mean, here's Okami is, is still back on his it's return. insane. Talk about a guy who's been around forever, right? Yeah. Like, it's nuts. 34 and 11. That's welterweight. <laughs> Yushin Okami is a welterweight. Yeah. What weight class hasn't he been in? That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's it's crazy that we're going to have this many fights. I love That's the fact unreal. that we're going to – here's what's going to feel great about the, uh, the, 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 the first part of it because – the fight pass, you know, they just they just push those because they got no commercials. Oh, I love it. So I think that's great because uh, you know you've got six fights. You bring people in the doors early. Uh, you know, the first fight's a little after. It'll be like twelve thirty here locally, and you just give them like boom, 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 six fights in a row. I think that could set the tone for for a real nice evening. And Arizona is one of those like and you know like outside of Vegas, you go to these markets like they fill up quick like i remember in baltimore it was sold like filled up immediately right i have a pretty i have a good feeling arizona is going to be the, the arizona crowd is going to be not quite filled immediately but it's going to be up there I think early it'll be an early crowd i i do too you know it's funny because i, it's, I say funny it's kind of sad because I, you know the ufc has always basically treated phoenix as like vegas east yeah, you know what i mean so they yeah. never wanted to give because they know always know people will drive to vegas sure. for fight cards so they didn't want to come out here it's also close like, to la yeah so they felt like they were kind of you know jeopardizing the market by by coming out here directly 
But uh, I think I think you know hearing that ticket sales are good and, and it's nice. This card is nice. Like we were talking today, this card is nice. Next week's card is nice. It's just that two twenty three was such a damn blockbuster yeah. that you, that you couldn't help but you know really pay attention. Mm-hmm. And then of course Connor comes in and blows it up even more, and it, and it's crazy. Uh, Arshan Bueller, uh, it will be wearing a turban to the cage for for the first time. A blue one. A blue turban. Um, I believe it. Blue is what he settled on. It, blue is what he settled on. Yeah. Uh, because it was n- neutral. Yeah, there were like a few colors that he said, but the the blue I think was the the less the least religious. Right. Of the colors. So he's, interesting. So he's there were like three colors. Or interesting. Something. Yeah, he said there was like black, red, red was it, blue. But he looked sharp in the blue one. I was like, I would have picked blue anyway. Good. It just looks good. Yeah, but it's like, a, yeah. It like, like, is, is he blue corner? Like, if he's blue corner, there you go. Oh, yeah, right. Good question. I didn't even check that out. Yeah. That would look really nice. Well, listen, it's what I want to do because I did feel like uh, Arjan Bueller. We got to speak to him a lot uh, this week. We did have a sit down with him as well, and this was less of a, a fight kind of interview as just kind of an educational interview, right? I mean, here's he's the first yeah. person of, of the Sikh religion to be uh, in the USC. He's really pushing towards opening India, which is something that we've heard about for a long, long time, but he is really actively uh, taking a, a, an interest in this. I mean, this is a huge market for the UFC, potentially. I mean, you're talking about the number of people. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't get much bigger than India. It doesn't people. get much bigger than that. It's massive, and he believes um, that there's possibility to do it. So I, I think people hopefully might be interested. I know this is a guy that's fighting on the prelims, um, but I feel like he brings some really u- unique angles to it. Um, and so I, I thought I would play this. It's just something a little different. It's a little bit less fight-related and more just about some future opportunities for the UFC. All right, well, ours a successful UFC debut seven months ago, and then you've been gone, man. What's, what's taking so long to get back, and what, what have you been up to? So much, man. Life keeps going, right? First and foremost, we've been in the gym working, um, working with my coaches, getting better all the way around, striking, uh, the wrestling, uh, the mixing of the two, just making it second nature. Um, so for sure there. Um, and aside from that, you know, we're trying to open up uh, a new market in India, a lot of work outside the cage uh, for that. Working with uh, the UFC, my new management, CAA. Um, you know, got my first child, was born seven weeks ago. So a lot of things were happening. Uh, it's not like I was sitting on my hands. Amazing. So, I mean, you're taking on all this responsibility, right? Which is admirable, of course. But, I mean, we're talking about one fight in your UFC career. I mean, you're trying to build yourself. You're trying to improve yourself as a fighter. What makes you willing to be able to, to take on all these added responsibilities? And, and is it difficult to balance everything? Uh, no, you know, I know what I signed up for and I, I know what I want uh, in my life. So you make it happen. Um, you know, I, I was talking to the people closest to me, the UFC has 500 fighters. That's their priority. I'm my, I'm my own priority. I have to take care of myself. Um, so every fight, every moment we can uh, maximize, um, we're going to do that. And every fight's, um, you know, uh, historic. Every fight is, 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 is significant. It might not be to the UFC brass until you're at the title, but on the way there, it's, it's, it's equally significant to the ones that mean the most to me and to me. So that's why it should be uh, treated as such. Very cool. So I see you out there. You're doing a lot of community outreach, as you said, trying to bring a market. I mean, what's the message when you're out there? I mean, is it, is it just about education of the sport? Is it about, you know, also, you know, empowerment or betterment of the people? I mean, what's, what's the blend? What is the message? Connecting East and West, man. And it hasn't been done yet. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to be that bridge. That was a conversation right after the Olympics with both the WWE and the UFC. Um, it was they needed that athlete to be that bridge, the Yao Ming for what, what he did for the NBA, if you will. And every major sport is wanting that, that, that one billion plus um, uh, fan base. 
Um, you know, every major sport and the UFC's got their guy and has the jump on any other sport now. So I'm excited for that. And it's a natural fit. You, I mean, you know, you can't go out to, to India and be smashing buses and expect to connect with fans. Um, it's about humility. It's about respect. It's about honor. Um, that's the Asian way. That's the way I was raised. So it comes out real naturally anyhow. Um, and aside from that, I come from a wrestling lineage. Um, much like the collegiate wrestling system here in the U.S., that can be the feeder for in India. Um, you know, thousands of years um, they've had wrestlers come through and, and training wrestling, and there's that culture there. Um, and then you know, at the Olympic uh, level now, and, and boxing as well, uh, Vijinder Singh, those guys are they're kicking ass out there, um, and, and they're hungry for a different sport to come out there. All they have is cricket, and 300 million people tuned into the cricket last year to the IPL. Um, so look at those numbers. You know, it's 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 unheard of, and and we're putting that groundwork in out there in India. And I've told them, as soon as you hold an event, it's going to blow up. You have to hold an event there. Um, and, and that's what the people, you know, I was out in India after my last fight, and that's what they're saying. That when, when, when are we going to have this here? The WWE is already out there. Um, they're you know, already doing shows, so it's, it's about time we get out there. So I guess I was going to ask you what the reception is like, but if they're asking for a live event, the reception must be pretty good. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, generally the cookie cutter method has been you do a tough show and then you do an event. Um, so I kind of put feelers out there when I was on the ground. Hey, what, you know, what, are people educated on this? And they already have a deal through Sony India, which shows all UFC stuff for free to everybody. And it's an English-speaking language, so everyone understands that. English is in, this, in the school curriculum. Uh, coming from the British uh, system and all that. So they understand that. And it's a democratic country. It's not a communist country like China. It's easier to get into and do business. All that stuff lines up perfectly. And, and, and like I said, talking to the people, they're like, people know what this sport is, but the athletes don't know it's a viable option yet. If you want high caliber athletes to get into this sport, you have to get out there and have an event so they can be like, hey, this is a route we can now take the wrestlers, the boxers, etc. Um, until then, you're going to have recreational guys that are competing in there. That's crazy. So all this is on your plate, but you said you are getting the time training as well. Are you, are, you, are you in an academy? Are you doing it on the road? I mean, talk to me about kind of your development as a fighter. Yeah, that's the first, that's a priority. If you don't win, none of this other stuff matters. I'm, not, I'm a competitor first. Um, I want to compete. I want to be a world champion. That is my priority, you know, point blank period. Um, myself, my coaches, that is the goal. But, I, you know, like I said to everybody else, well, I've been doing that for years. I'm a winner. I know how to prepare. I know how to compete. This other stuff, I want to be able to make sure I do as well now. Because that stuff is automatic. I know how to do that. I will do that. Um, as long as you have those priorities in mind, coaches on down, um, you're in the, in the right place. So i got the right people around me, um, and we're tacking this thing the right way. All right, so after this layoff, or at least layoff from fighting, but you've been busy the whole time, you're returning on Saturday, one of the holiest days of the year, correct, in, in, in the religion. So was that a coincidence? Did you select that day? How did that work out? It's unique, man. We were actually trying to jump on that uh, London card for March 3rd, uh, competed in the Olympics, big Indian population. That's the one we were telling them, let's get out there, right? Um, and it, it wasn't able to happen. And they're like, hey, we're thinking April 14th. And I was like, that's even better. I didn't know there was an event on April 14th. Um, so it's one of those things in life sometimes when doors open, you walk through. It's meant to be. Um, so we have this platform now, and I wanted to make sure I use this opportunity to, to, to talk about our story as a people and, uh, and use this as, 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 you know, as a way to connect with those fans the UFC wants to connect with, um, all that stuff. So uh, I'm excited. April 14th, Vasaki, uh, birth of the Khalsa. Um, you're talking about the turban, um, walking out in the turban. It was this, this symbolism, and, and, and then the turban was given to us as a people on April 14th hundreds of years ago. Um, so that's what this significance is, man. It's perfect. That is incredible. I didn't know that. Educational. Yes. So talk about, I mean, we, since you made your USC debut, it's, it's been a point of contention, right? Or at least a point of discussion, whether or discussion, not you'll be able yeah. to wear a turban to the cage. 
Give me an idea of, of what happened between then and now to, to make this happen. I mean, was this difficult to get done? Point of discussion, point of contention, um, uh, all those things. Education was needed. Uh, just, just, just talking about. It. I guess that ask had never been brought forward before, um, and that's all it really was. Um, and that's exact, exactly what this opportunity is about. It's about that education to let people know, especially in the U.S., um, what the turban is. Don't fear it, baby. Embrace it. It's all good. Um, you know, we're 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 a people that's very open. Um, our belief system. You know, uh, we've been fighting for equality. For freedom, uh, it doesn't matter where, what caste, what gender, what, what belief system. For all people, that's what we are. We're very open, open uh, people. Um, so don't fear the term and embrace it. Um, and same thing with the UFC. It was just had to come from higher up, um, and I didn't know that. So uh, this time we got it approved months out, um, so we, it can go through the process it goes through. And, uh, and the UFC's on board, and we got a Reebok shirt coming out. They're on board. So talk about using a great opportunity for positive. Talk about what the turban represents, because I think, myself included, a lot of people probably don't know, right? Yeah. Um, why is it so important that you're able to wear it and, and, and represent it and bring it to the cage? It's, it's unique to our people. Anywhere in the world, in the U.S., 99% of the people you see with turban are Sikhs. There are people. Um, it is unique to our, our belief system and our uh, uh, unique uh, physical features. Um, we have that. We have our kara here. We have every male in our, in our religion has a middle name Singh. Every single one, every woman has core. We are connected as a people. It was to embrace your uniqueness, to stand out. Um, and then when I go talk to kids in schools, that's what I tell them, is embrace that uniqueness and that ability to stand out. Because usually at that age, you want to fit in and you want to be like everyone else and, and that sort of thing. But the fact is, I look different. I eat different food. I speak a different language. Um, and that's okay. Um, nothing wrong with that. I speak English as well and French. Um, just embrace everything, man. It's, it's, it's cool to be different. A champion stands out because they're different. There's only one champion. Same deal. Saturday night, you come out, they put your image on the screen, right? There's going to be people that boo you, right? I mean, just based on the, just based on the turban, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to be no, no, no revolutionary, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why this needs to happen, because they don't understand even what that is. And some of them will boo and troll anyhow, and it's all good. Um, everyone has the freedom and, and the ability to express their opinions, um, and I have my opinion about those people as well. Um, and that's what life's about, and that's why we live in the West, and my family came to the West. It's all good, man. Do you get, like, hate and stuff on social media because of this, or, do you, or are you expecting it to come? Um, both. You know, um, the more hate you get, the more that means that you, the more successful you are and the more out there you are. So I expect that. Um, and but I, the the love and the support um, is far outweighs uh, the negative. Always has. Um, you know, it's not the first time I'll get hate my way, um, and I understand that I've already lived through that. It's all good. Um, I will focus. It's it's perspective and, and what you focus on. I focus on the ones that mean the most to me, and that's my close uh, network, my family, my coaches. Everyone else doesn't matter, to be quite honest. My network's real tight, um, and we're loyal, and, and we're there for each other. Um, and, and the rest of it is just bonus if we get love from elsewhere. Well, with all the symbolism and the education and all that, you still got to get in a fist fight on Saturday That's night, right. right? Talk about Adam Wieserak. I mean, wh when you break them down, what do you see? I mean, when they came to you with this, with this matchup, what do you think? Give me, give, me, give me your thoughts on the fight itself. Yeah, no, I'm excited, man. Uh, this guy's coming from Poland. Um, he's 6'5", tall, rangy. He's been in there once before. Um, so we have, you know, similar uh, experience level in the cage. Um, but, you know, again, uh, I think my history as a high-level athlete and competitor and my experience in dealing with uh, opponents of his body type, competing against them, winning, um, uh, you know, with, with pressure and lights and all that type of stuff, 
that's going to pay dividends. Um, my my um, experience going through the grind in terms of preparation um, uh, and execution. Everyone, the higher up I go in this weight class and in, in, in rankings and what have you, closer to the title, everyone's going to be big, strong, in shape. Uh, maybe not in shape. So, you know, most of them, um, they're going to have power. Um, that, that goes across the board. It doesn't matter. It's the inside that sets apart the winners and the losers. Do you have that on the inside or not? Can you perform under the most pressure? Can you, um, when all eyes are on you, um, are you going to hesitate? Is there going to be doubt? Those types of things. And um, I've got supreme confidence that I'll be able to perform under the brightest lights uh, with the most set of eyes, with the most pressure. That's where I rise to the occasion. That's what I do. Do you think this will feel different the second time around? Because, uh, as you said, I mean, it's not like you haven't been in the spotlight before, but it seems like no matter where people come from, the first time they get in the UFC, afterwards they always go, yeah, I was a lot more nervous than I thought I would be. I mean, was that the case for you, and do you think this will feel different? Uh, in terms of the competition, the fight, not so much. Um, I wasn't used to this stuff because I hadn't done that coming from the regional scene, and, and that was new to the fight game and, you know, getting your clothes and all that type of stuff done and different layers of people you got to work through. That was, you know, all, all, all new and unique, and it's easier this, this time around now. But once that cage door closes, I, I do that daily in training. It's, it's nothing different. It's the same approach. I have the same people in my corner, um, and, and it's got a, a canvas in front of me. That's all it is. It's not about him. It's about me. Can I execute? It's about me. Uh, can I bring out what I need to, to, to bring out the best in myself? Because if I do, then it doesn't matter who's across the way. Um, those are my challenges. It's not him, it's me. It's important to be a UFC champion. That's been my childhood dream is to be a world champion. I'm still on that mission. That's the only thing that drives me daily when I don't want to train, my body hurts. And I have other options. This is a choice. I don't fight for a paycheck. This, I can do many other things. This is a choice for me. When people say, I need to fight to put food on the table, I'm like, that's crazy. If, you, if this is what you have to do, go sign up for something easier, man. You know what I mean? You got mouths to feed. That's, that's an unbelievable amount of pressure. Um, this is a choice, and I choose to have fun. Um, and, and when I don't want to, I'll walk away. There's no, I don't have to do this. Um, and, and aside from that, I, I have everything I need to succeed, um, to squeeze that out. I want to be, yes, the representative of my people. I want to be the bridge for East and West. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good son, a good, great husband. I want to be all of that. Why choose just one thing in life? When you play this thing out, how do you see this one going down? I will come up with my hands uh, held high. I will pressure him the whole time. I will punch him. I will kick him. I will knee him. I will take him down. He might get up. I'll take him down again. I'll beat him up. Um, whether he gives in the first round or second round or third round, we'll tell what he has inside of him. But I will stay consistently on him the whole time, and we'll finish him. That was Arjan Bueller educating people. Hopefully, I mean, educating me. I didn't I necessarily understand about the turban and what it meant, why it was meaningful. And, of course, now we find out that Saturday is a big holy day as well. So it's uh, pretty cool stuff for, for a very big section of people there. Yeah, it's when they got the turban. That's when it right. was given to them on the April 14th. I had no idea. And uh, fellow, uh, I think they're I assume, I think they're close friends off of your guys' side. Uh, um Ginger Mahal, United States champion. Pulse See that? Pulse of Pulse wrestling. wrestling. It was just throbbing, wasn't it? Smiling, like, I was like, it was why just, does, like, <laughs> do I have like a cramp in my, in, my, in my wrist right now? Ginger Mahal, United States champion. Is that what he's? Yeah, he beat uh, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, and Rusev in a fatal four-way for the U.S. title. Oh, fuck. Is that stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just a ridiculous sentence? Is that the most ridiculous that sentence That is the most heard? ridiculous sentence. Oh, and there's been some ridiculous sentences what if I told on this you, podcast. Um, Oh my God! There's these two monstrous wrestlers. Oh, I got it. I can't think of the. Oh, the what if 
the Bludgeon Brothers won the tag ta- team champions from the, the Bludgeon new- Brothers. They walk out. They're like seven foot men with beards with giant hammers, and they just beat the hell out of people. Now wait, are you? Is right? Are you asking me to tell if this is a real story or not? This I I was trying to come up with a more <laughs> ridiculous sentence that's factual. Oh, that's factual. That is a factual thing. I see. I was gonna go. No, you just the totally Bludgeon made that Brothers up. won the tag team championship from the Usos and the New Day. You're welcome. Jesus. You're welcome wow. for that nugget. Wow, that's heavy. I, uh, that's heavy. That's heavy. <laughs> that's heavy stuff. That's deep shit. <laughs> is, so, <laughs> is Brock Lesnar coming back? He's coming back, right? Yeah, he's re- oh, he's wrestling, uh, rematching Roman Reigns in the quote unquote uh, greatest uh, Rumble ever. It's in Saudi Arabia. The UFC, the WWE is bringing like when I say a ca- a big card, this is like a better. Ma- it's bizarre. Like Chris Jericho is wrestling the Undertaker for whatever reason. Like Triple H and John Cena are wrestling. Like nothing to do with anything. Saudi Arabia's like, ah, come here, we'll give you a lot of money. And the WWE's like, all right, all right, we're just gonna throw literally every greatest thing ever at you. All right, so that's gonna happen. And then what? Happen. And then he's gonna fight in the UFC. You think? I assume so. When it, when it said that he signed his contract, like what does that mean? Is that for like w- a certain w- amount of w- fights? Is it uh, I think years? it just extends it? months or appearances. Like for uh, uh, Brock was on like an appearance thing, like he did fourteen appearances. Like he has to do like so that would be broken up into Royal Rumbles, WrestleMania. Yeah, he was like Monday the big four, Rumbles which was Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And then he was like, I believe he was like contracted for appearances. So mm-hmm. they were like, Oh, do you want him to come Monday? Because then that would waste an appearance. Or should we save him for another day? What happened to Bobby gotcha. Lashley? What's that so guy? Bobby Lashley returned. The, so the Monday night after Raw is like considered like opening day. It's like the reset button. Right. So like a lot of people debut because it's that Rumble, that WrestleMania crowd stays for Monday. Um, and Bobby Lashley debu- uh, re-debuted against Elias. He interrupted Elias' concert. What? So Elias sits there. Wait, wait, wait. wait. There was a concert? So Elias is a wrestler who plays a guitar and, like, just makes fun of the crowd. Like, when he was in Green Bay, he sang a song about Aaron Rodgers breaking his collarbone. <laughs> so, like, his his gimmick is to, like, get you to hate him. And he's singing the song about how New Orleans is terrible, and then Bobby Lashley just came out and just beat the hell out of him. And so people went nuts. So Bobby so he didn't Lashley, have a match. It was just he just came he in. He squashed and just- him. And so Bobby Lashley's back on WWE Raw. All right. Bellator fighter. Anything WWE. else? Pulse of Wrestling? No, 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 no. I'm still over here reading about the the sick New Year. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm 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 trying to stretch my brain and stuff. I was just thinking about that. It's 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 a good look, especially on him. But it's be like totally inappropriate for people to start wearing turbans. Well, to it events. sounds like he said he. he I think accepts, if he wants people, but it's all people, about acceptance. But isn't that like cultural people. appropriation that everybody bitches about? If people started going like, oh, uh, I love this don't dude, talk to me about PC and put it on. Stuff. I know, but. It's gonna come up. You so, know? Like, so a fan can't wear a so turban a fan, just because they're a Bueller. Like I'm, well, I mean, Arjun's my boy. Do you boy. think? That, do you think? I mean, I bet Arjun would think it would be awesome. But would be somebody of that religion think like, oh, you're just putting on a hat. This is my life. But you're putting on a turban to support a guy that's going in there just for entertainment. Well, sure, people just don't like cage fighting in general. Yeah, like they're like it cage fighting. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Because I think I was like, dude, happen. that would be cool. I was like, oh, it's sick like, day or like, whatever. Like, let's just all wear them. But I'm like, oh, that'd be, I guess, incredibly insensitive to do that. If somebody's like, oh, right, my, man, my, if you're doing my religion is not a fancy if, shirt, yeah, you know. If you're doing it as admiration, if you're doing it out yeah. of respect. But are we respecting him or are we respecting the religion if we do it? That's a good question. Maybe we can ask him. Finger on the see? pulse of culture. Yeah. That's my cargo shorts throbbing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Way too much information. I didn't say what part of the cult. <laughs> I think you've been wearing those shorts too long. 
They walk for me. They just carry me uh, around. Good Lord. All right. With that note, uh, that's all we got at USC or Fox 29. Right, we'll definitely have an and a half episode. We'll find out. We're finishing up early in the night. Come all on. Right, fine. It is early. We'll definitely. Me and Co. Coffee. If Jose wants to stop by, maybe he'll stop sure. by too. We'll see how it rolls down. In the meantime, <laughs> thanks for listening.